Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the dumbest part of your day. This is Common Man and T-Bone. As a single man with nothing to do and you got free tickets, why would you go there if not to then just get hammered I did. and make yourself enjoy it somehow other than what's actually being presented? I, for years, I had a Liza t-shirt that I bought there wow. on a gag. That's amazing. And I'd wear it to sleep. Did anybody else find this gag funny other than you? Did anybody else find this first segment funny other than us? No. Yes. We don't even find it funny. Featuring Panama Ted. Shut up, Ted! Five minute delays with Leanna Ray. You guys like Bjork? And random sounds from the internet. Yes, sorry, Shavaka do. You want to shot? The guy is drunk. Whoop Watch your profanity. Would you not eat my pants? Ah! This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Monday. Happy Labor Day. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. It is uh, Reaction Monday, Mm. or as I like to call it, Erection Monday. That has nothing to do with a reaction. Well, it is a reaction. It is a reaction. It is a reaction. Very positive reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The segment that's not a segment, yikes. Mm. At 434, Jason's beef. At 534, uh, it's Labor Day. We are here. Because we had football this weekend, the start of the Buckeye season, the start of, well, I was going to say the college football season, but it's not. Well, you for, know, for what most I, the, teams. the spiritual start of college football, That's right? right? I mean, the, the the majority of college football got started in earnest this weekend. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. So we will talk about what went on around the Big Ten, you know, what the other national powers look like over the weekend. But of course, we will start with Ohio State beating Notre Dame 21 to 10. Um, this is interesting to break this game down. I am rarely a fence sitter, but I don't necessarily know how to take this victory. Let me explain why. Let me start and then please do jump in and punch me in the face. All right. Uh, I think when you break this game down, it's going to boil down to one question. Do you think Notre Dame is good? If the answer is yes, then you should ultimately be pleased with what we saw on Saturday night. This was not a flashy performance. You know, Ryan Day called it winning ugly, but you had a really good team come in here week one. Guys are still trying to find their sea legs, and you come out with a hard-fought victory against a top-five team. If your answer is no, you don't think Notre Dame is any good, then I think we have a bigger cause for concern. Well, define good. I mean, because... <laughs> all right, here's how I'll define well, like, I'm, uh, it. Here's why I said I'm sitting right. on the fence on this. Because I think Notre Dame is kind of good. I think their offense is bad. Now, I don't know what their offense is going to be at the end of the season. Once, you know, Tyler Buckner grows and, you know, their center is healthy and all these other things come into place with them. They may wind up being a very competent offense. They weren't. That had something to do with the Buckeye defense being better. But I think that Notre Dame offense is not good. I think that defense has the ability to be the best defense that we see all season. 
Right. So that's yeah. why my answer is I think they're kind of good. Right. Are they fifth team in the country good? No. But I think we knew that going in, right? Yeah, I I, I believe they were a little overrated. I think most people probably thought yeah, they're they're a top ten, top fifteen team. Hard to say if they're a top five team right off the bat. But that all said, what you brought up about the defense for Notre Dame, that is something that I, I think is a a value that came out of this game. For me, I'm a little bit more on the other side of I'm not too terribly panicked about the offense. Uh, I don't think it's I don't don't think I actually felt really good about the game after reflecting on it yesterday. You know, in the moment I was freaked out, like, are they going to lose this game? Notre Dame is this going to start the season off with this type of note? I. See, I was never there. No, I, 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 I never I got figured into, that was going to happen, and, and but look, it started I'm always, to creep in. I'm always in panic mode to a certain extent, but watching that game, even going into the half, I didn't look at that and say, wow, I really think they're going to lose this game. Uh, I had too much respect for what the Buckeyes were doing on defense, and I had too much respect for how bad I thought Notre Dame was on offense. Unless they go out there and beat themselves, like you kind of saw in that first drive, yeah, with the fluky run catch and the 15-yard penalty. I mean, that was three points, and that was the Buckeyes gave them three points. If they played the entire second half like that, then yes, I was would be concerned. I just didn't think they would. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is that at the end of all of that is yesterday I'm reflecting on it and saying, ultimately, this team did not play offensively the way they are capable of, the way they want to. I know Ryan Day said a lot of things you know, in the last couple of weeks about we got to establish the run. We want to be a balanced offense. We got to make sure that that's a big part of things. I don't think he expected to have to do that right out of the gate. Or maybe he did. I mean, he knows Notre Dame's strengths and weaknesses better than anyone. He's watched as much film as anyone ever has on them, you know, leading into this season. He, he may have been saying that in part because he also knew that was a thing that had to happen. But by and large, this team's bread and butter is going to be C.J. Stroud making passes to elite wide receivers who are going to make a guy miss and then run 30 yards down the sideline for a touchdown. That Or, or whatever. They're going to catch it over the middle and break one off. You know, whatever. This, this offense is explosive, and I do believe it will continue to be explosive. It did not look like that offense most of the time on Saturday night. And I think that's two reasons for that. One is Notre Dame played really good defense. I want to believe they're one of the better defenses the Buckeyes are going to see because if you get that type of test week one and you overcome it, then I think that bodes well for whatever defense you face in week seven or 10 or playoffs or wherever you get to that you could modify and change on the fly. That's a good sign. But the other part of it, I think that Ohio State offensively dealt with that they just weren't expecting was I think Jackson Smith and Jigba's injury during the game hurt them. And I'm sure it did. Couple that with the fact that as much as you can talk about it and know about it, you lose two first-round talents at wide receiver. And we all said last year towards the end of the year, Jackson Smith and Jigba was the best receiver game in, game out for this team. Even though you had two first-round picks, he he couldn't go yet, but he was just as good as any of those guys. But now you have two of those guys leave, and younger players who did have moments last year now have to step up. So I think there's a part of it that is contributed to that too, right? Like I think without him on the field, suddenly you have a wide receiver core that is, you know, looking for some guys to step up and make plays. And it's the first game of the season, big jitters everywhere for everybody on the field. And I think in the second half, you started to see that get sorted out a little bit, but ultimately I'm not thinking that this, this wide receiver group or this offense or CJ Stroud 
are not going to suddenly be a prolific offense and we're going to have to modify expectations. I still think they will go out and be a largely prolific offense, even in big games. I think that will come well, over that's, time. Well, that's the question. I mean, this is, a, this is a complicated question. You know, you scored 21 points in the opener. You only win this game by 11. You were favored by 17, 17 and a half. Is there cause for concern there? I tend to agree with you that the answer is no, but humor me for a second. Let's look at patterns because we try and do that here on this show. You see something happen once, it's no big deal. You start to see it happen over and over again, maybe it's a little bit of a concern. This is another big game, and this is another first-half performance where C.J. Stroud just isn't very good, isn't very effective in the first half. Now, as you pointed out, there are reasons for that. Notre Dame's defense is good. Jackson Smith and Jigba was not there. When he was there, he was hurt, right? Yeah. All these things factor in, but are we a little concerned that you may not, against a better opponent, get an opportunity to ease yourself into this football game and then pull away late in the second half. If they're playing a team that has a more competent offense, does this Buckeye team win after a first-half performance like that? Well, These are real questions. Right. It's, it's, I'm not minimizing that either. Certainly, I am the type of person, for whatever it's worth, that tends to not be the panicky one of, you know, Buckeye fandom, you put it on a spectrum, like there are people who after the first drive doesn't go well and you punt, they're like, it's it, fire Ryan Day, he sucks. And then there's the people who are like, you could lose by 30, and they're like, that's okay, I still believe in everything that we're doing. I'm in more of the line of, I trust the coaching staff and this team to get the job done, you know, more times than not. But then, like you saw, the Michigan game last year, I trusted this offense to kick in at some point, and it never really, well, it didn't matter if it did or not, the defense couldn't, couldn't stop any stops. And that, to me, is the positive to take away from this game. As my, Well, two positives that I take away from this game. One, you had guys stepping up who were not the guys that everyone was looking to, right? Mayan Williams, good running back. I have been excited to watch him continue to grow here at Ohio State. He had a monster drive at the end of that game where he pretty much was the guy every play and helped seal the victory for Ohio State. Uh, Xavier Johnson, former walk-on, makes one of the biggest catches anyone's ever made at Ohio Stadium, right? I mean, he catches a touchdown pass that puts them ahead. Finally, they get this victory. That's great. These are guys that were not expected to step up, stepping up to help you get a win. That bodes well for when your playmakers also have their big moments. That's going to come at plenty of times, too. The other part of that is defense, man. This defense looks worlds different than it did last year. And maybe it's because Notre Dame's offense is terrible. But how many times we see terrible offenses last year Gash the Buckeyes. That's why I'm willing to believe that, uh, you know, things are much better. Are they a finished product? No. And I'm sure they would tell you that. There's plenty of film they're watching this week to tell them otherwise. But you're right. We saw bad offenses carve this defense up last year. Offenses that, you know, didn't have the four stars next to their name carve up the Buckeyes last year. So what we saw on Saturday night, even if you want to believe like I do, Notre Dame's offense is bad, that was progress, kids. Yeah, it was. Well, and, and on top of that, look at how like the game started. Like you mentioned, that first drive was not great for the defense. But Lorenzo Styles catches the pass. Lorenzo Styles Jr. technically catches the pass and takes it up the sideline. I thought, uh oh, this is this is not what well, we want. It was a broken play. Of course it was. They, they looked so good on every other play. I mean, they couldn't run the ball on him. They couldn't move the line of scrimmage. That one play, you missed your spot. You had the fifteen yard penalty tacked on. That was fluky. Well, I know, but that at first I was like, oh, this could be bad if this is how it continues to go. And then th- 
that he w- he was their leading receiver on the night. No one had more yards than him, and he had them all in one play. Running the ball, I mean, they didn't even mass a hundred yards running the ball. So, I mean, it, this is these are good signs for the Ohio State defense. I do think Notre Dame is still a, a top fifteen team, probably in college football. I hope that pans out for the rest of the season for them because that means Ohio State played a really good opponent to start off. I think there are a variety of factors why this offense didn't go well in the first half of this game. But I'm glad to see them adjust and play tough and fight back yes. and find a way to win this game in a different way than what was probably what Ryan Day wanted to do. Ryan Day called it winning ugly. I do have a little bit of a problem with Ryan Day, though. And I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. We are live on this Labor Day edition. Buckeyes beat Notre Dame on Saturday night 21-10. to 10. We are analyzing this, trying to figure out what this means. Of course, knowing full well that we won't figure out what it means. But we're going to try. Uh, here's my bone that I'm going to pick with Ryan Day. All right. You know, Ryan Day said what I believe to be the coachy thing. And maybe deep down he actually believes this when he uses the word balance. When he talked about, we got to run the ball. We got to have balance. We got to do this. And if you look at the end stats from the game on Saturday night, they threw the ball 34 times. They ran the ball 35 times. You look at the stat sheet and you said, hey, you go. Balance. But if you watch that game, you know it wasn't balance. It was, it wound up being that at the end of it. But I don't know if Ryan Day's idea of balance is I'm going to throw all the time, and then when that doesn't work, I will run all the time because that's pretty much how that game evolved. But that's what concerns me. I think you have talented running backs on this team. We saw it in the second half, right? Yeah. But again, in the first half, the inability in short-yarded situations to pick up a key first down. I don't know if Ryan Day didn't believe that his offensive line could move the line of scrimmage in that first half, and only when they wore the opposition down in the second half did he feel comfortable, or he had to see C.J. Stroud struggle enough to say, okay, I'm going to commit to the run. But again, it was another first half where I felt like there was no balance. Well, here's what I will say. In defense of Ryan Day, and again, I feel like I'm carrying the water for Ohio State today, which I will be, I'm as critical of the Buckeyes as anyone when I think it's warranted, right? And I'm not saying it isn't warranted here. I think there were a lot of overall first game jitters, uh, amped up. Everybody's, you know, 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, have everything cranked up because this game had so much magnitude to it. There were so many, you know, things leading up to this. It was a first game of the season. It's a night game. It's on national, you know, Epic national TV, all that stuff. But I do think Ryan Day probably the thing that I think he does well when it comes to the game plan is he's a decent mix, I feel like, between let's not abandon what we do well when it's not going well because we know we do it well. Let's not just throw it out two minutes into the game. But he also doesn't seem to stick with stuff that's not working for four quarters, you know? Like, 
we got into the second half and you saw them start to run the ball more. Not as much as I wanted to, right? But they did start running the ball more. They did start acting like an offense that had to do more than just one thing. And and that proved to be the thing that changed the game. So I'm going to give him a little credit there of saying, I don't want him to be a guy who, you know, after Jackson Smith and Jigba goes out and you have a couple series that are that are dog series, to, he's looking across the opposition too and saying their offense is not going crazy right now. I think we could still get a little breathing room here for this defense. If I just, if we get a couple quick scores, we're, we're where we should be, you know? I think the temptation because this offense is so dynamic when it's clicking through the air, the temptation is to keep going for home run balls. I think CJ Stroud even had that some where he's missing guys underneath because he's looking for the guy over the top. And Notre Dame is saying, we're going to sit back and dare you to throw it underneath. And because, they did a very good job. Right. And CJ needs to do a better job of reading the room. Yes. You know, he's got to take that underneath stuff. And you know what? I know I sound like a broken record when I say it, but I'll keep saying it because you had other opportunities on Saturday night. You didn't take advantage, especially when the offense is struggling and you're playing a game like this where you just got to move the damn sticks. Run for a first down if it's right in front of your face. I know. I, I We keep talking about what that is. If it's CJ, if it's Ryan Day, no, and it's CJ. coaching staff. In, in that moment, I'm sorry, there's no coach in the world. Who's going to say anything to you when you've got 15 yards of open space? You need six yards and you don't take it. Yeah, that's what, true. What is CJ going to run off the field and they're going to yell at him? No, I don't know. I just, every time I bring up, like, man, I'd like to see CJ Stroud occasionally pull it down and run the ball. I get 9,000 Buckeye fans that tweet at me and go, oh, you don't want him to get hurt. Thank you very much. That's nothing it's nothing like, to do with getting hurt. What are we get talking hurt, about here? It's, it's, it's a football player. It's major college football, and I don't know if you've seen the game the last, I don't know, half a decade or so, especially, but over the last 20 years, it's changed quite a bit where now guys who can move a little bit and take a first down when it's there, that's even something you saw back when guys weren't mobile quarterbacks. They would go and try to take that. So I'm not sure what that is. And it, and I'm with you. I I tend to think that's on CJ, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe the coaches have just hammered into these guys. We do not want you running the football. It's not your function here. But it, that seems absurd to me. So at some point, you have to take the most logical running, explanation. Running the football and taking what's given to you, to me, are two different things. Right, right. That's exactly I'm right. not They're saying not, you're running yes. the option with him. Not turning him into JT Barrett and no, making him a fullback. No. no, that's not what we're talking about. Either way, yes, that's a point of improvement. Another thing that I, I will say that's a little, you know, concerning for CJ Stroud, and again, we're looking at one game. Next week we are going to have Arkansas State. I presume everything will look a lot different against Arkansas State. And then we will all be questioning, well, what did this actually matter? Notre Dame's the best opponent they're going to see until probably the end of this month when they play Wisconsin. So we're going to analyze this one probably a little differently than we will the next few. But I look at CJ Stroud and I do wonder in big games. And I've seen NFL scouts pointing this out too. guys who break down film for a living saying like CJ Stroud does tend to take some time to get going in bigger games. I don't know if that's a function of just him. I don't know if that's a function of him and Ryan Day and the offense in general. I'm not sure. And you can add in the injury situation with Jackson Smith and Jigba to this one. So maybe that had something to do with it. But going to have to keep an eye on that when they go and start playing, you know, on the road, things like that. That's beyond what Ohio State's doing. All the NFL talent evaluators are going to look at that and say, why does this guy take a little while to get going in the big games? And maybe it isn't him. Maybe it's a function of all these other factors. But that is just a storyline to kind of keep an eye on. In the big games, how does this offense, in general, whatever the reasoning, how does the offense get going a little quicker when you are playing another top 10 team? Was the uh, first regular season game, I know he coached in the bowl game for Marcus Freeman, but he sounded like a guy after the game who 
knew he let one get away. Here's some quotes from him. We knew we weren't going to outscore them. We wanted to run the ball and stop the run. We just didn't finish the way we wanted to. We didn't execute late in the game when we had to. We have to be able to finish and execute in the fourth quarter. We've got a challenge to win the fourth quarter. We didn't win the fourth quarter. They scored with 13 seconds left in the third, and they scored again in the fourth, and we didn't respond. Uh, the Bode man, Bodie, who works here, is a big Notre Dame fan. And we were talking to him last week, sort of, you know, giving each other hard times, well, as, you know, as you do. Yeah, right. Right? And uh, and he said, look, I, I don't think that Notre Dame's going to win this game on Saturday. What I would like to see, though, is them cover the spread and not embarrass themselves. I wonder, of all the Notre Dame fans that maybe felt like that going into the game, even if they didn't want to admit it to themselves, do you still feel the same way after you saw it? Or do you look at that game and say, man, I know what I said before the game, that I just wanted to cover the spread, which we did, and not embarrass ourselves, which we did. But that was a game that we could have won, and we didn't, and I'm pissed. Well, if if you said before the game, Bodie, Ohio State's offense is going to score a total of 21 points. If you said any Notre Dame fan, they'd say, oh, we got a real good shot of winning this one. Wouldn't you? You wouldn't. If you said Ohio State's going to score 35, 38, 42, they would say, well, oof, hope we can keep up, you know. Yeah. But like, if you say they're going to score three touchdowns and that's it, I would hope most Notre Dame fans would say, we have a chance, especially with what Ohio State's defense was like last year. That is a credit, though, to the defense, too, because it's not like they were unaware of this. They're watching the same game we are, and they kept stepping up and making plays, man. Tommy Eichenberg is like, actually, I mean, he was all over the field, but he also played every snap, I'm pretty sure, right? Mike Hall Jr., he had a great game playing nose tackle. He was a physical presence, got in the backfield. I mean, this is what we've been looking for for this team. It's just a little toughness, a little physicality, but I really like the fact that you did not see nearly as much rotation with this defense as you have previously. And I know in the past we talked ourselves into like, well, that's building up. They're going to have a lot of guys who are ready to go at any moment. Yeah, but they didn't have their their dogs. You know, They didn't have their yeah, guys they could right. say, this is our leader on defense. These are our three or four leaders. Like Tommy Eichenberg shows he's a leader on defense. I think we can establish that, right? Uh, I think you can, you can point to some of the other positives from this defensive effort that Guys certainly were involved in playing very high-level defense, which was really nice to see first time out of the gates with the new scheme. Let's hope that continues to improve. Michigan's quarterback situation seems messy. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident has cleared from the roadway of I-70 downtown split eastbound before the 71 east split. All lanes have reopened, but plan on some residual delays as traffic continues to recover. This traffic report is sponsored by RumpkeCareers.com. Rumpke is hiring CDL drivers. Earn $1,400 to $1,700 per week with a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Paid CDL training available. Apply at RumpkeCareers.com or stop by the career fair at Rumpke on Fields Avenue every Wednesday from 11 to 3. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. Only an array with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. Buckeyes beat Notre Dame. Of course, we're reacting to that. But we have lots of other football to get to. Uh, Michigan started up their season with a 51-7 win over Colorado State. They at least are pretending they don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Cade McNamara started the game. Uh, J.J. McCarthy came in. And J.J. McCarthy will get the start next week against, I think it's Hawaii, right? I believe that is correct. All right, anyway. I want to say they're favored by like 55 or some ridiculous number. As they should be. Uh, Cade McNamara said after this game about the quarterback competition still going on during the season. I definitely would say it's pretty unusual. It was kind of a thing that I wasn't expecting by the end of camp. I thought I had my best camp. I thought I put myself in a good position. It was just the decision that the coach went with. Uh, He said, I was confident in the way I performed over camp. Definitely felt that way. You know, however, it's not just my decision. So however it is, whatever my role is, you know, I'm honored my teammates recognize me for the role I have currently. That's about it. Now, on Saturday, he started the game, and while you look at that 51-7 score and they beat a bad team, he wasn't necessarily great, and that offense wasn't great. He started 9 of 18 for a buck 36, had a touchdown, uh, also threw a pick in the red zone, which was overturned on replay. But they settled for field goals, didn't really move the ball the way, didn't finish the way that they thought they were going to finish. J.J. Uh, McCarthy came in and looked like the better quarterback. Is that fair since he's coming in in relief? And, you know, they've sort of worked the kinks out the first couple possessions. Who the hell knows? But I wonder how, you know, they're going to win both these games. They won this game 51-7. to They're going to kill Hawaii. They'll be 2-0 and and everything will be hunky-dory. But I wonder in that locker room how all this is playing. Oh, I'm guessing that's kind of the bigger problem here for them is you've You've got for sure question marks from the guys in the room saying, I'm with this guy or I'm with that guy. I'm guessing it's got to be a weird split because Cade McNamara was your quarterback when you won a Big Ten championship. By all accounts, I'm sure even though it's college, I'm sure it functions a lot like a pro locker room where there's a lot of guys who look at the person who you know led them and was the quarterback on that team and say, man, that guy earned the right to still be the starter until further notice. But J.J. McCarthy arguably had the better game. And it it almost feels like, again, being on the outside looking in, I can't pretend of any coach to know what they're thinking, but especially not Jim Harbaugh. But if I had to guess, it almost feels like he, <laughs> he wants J.J. McCarthy to be the guy, but he feels like he owes it to Cade McNamara to like let him go out there and show everyone how much he sucks, <laughs> comparatively, if that's the right word. like I think he... Probably in his dumb brain will tell himself, I actually believe there's a competition, but it, it's it's weird, right? If you, start a, if you start off as the guy in a championship season, your team goes and has a successful season, and then the next year you're like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play quarterback or not. That kind of lends a lot of you know doubt to your ability, and I'm sure a lot of people on the team feel the same way that, man, well, if coach doesn't believe in him, I don't know if I should either. So I'm guessing there's a weird split there where some guys look at it and say, I just want the best guy to play. Other players probably saying, where's the loyalty to the guy who 
was here and helped us have a great year last year. And I think from a Harbaugh perspective, you know, he's he's like most coaches. He talks about, you know, putting in the work and you'll get the results. And there's probably a part of him that says, well, this this guy won us a Big Ten championship last year. He had a good camp. He's put in the work. And so I like that aspect of him. But I think deep down, he thinks J.J. McCarthy's the better quarterback. That's why he's not willing to let this go. That's what I'm saying. I feel like if if you felt like Cade McNamara was the better player, you would just say... That'd be an easy decision. He's your starter. He's been the starter. What are we even talking about? The fact that that's not happening tells you, I think, a lot. Here's the other good news, I guess, for him. If he wants to let this play out, as I know a lot of people are saying, he's just going to let it play out, guys. What does that even mean? He's going to let it play out. Yes, because... Every drive, though, he decides who runs out there and plays quarterback. And you're going to win both these games by 50. Well, then, you know which juggernaut they have in coming after that? UConn. Yeah, no (laughs) no kidding. And then you play Maryland after that, which maybe Maryland will be a test. You never know. They can sometimes be feisty. Then you go to Iowa, which... Uh, I, you don't, don't, I grant you don't that, blow it on Iowa because we're going to talk about that. I'm not. I'm just saying, I grant you that Iowa on the road should be difficult. It may not be this year. At Indiana... Again, could be difficult, probably won't be if you're one of the best teams in the Big Ten. You play Penn State at home on October 15th. Wouldn't it seem like by, you've got basically a month to keep doing this if you really wanted to, at least? And you may even have a few, I'm guessing by the time they go on the road to Iowa, Jim Harbaugh wants to know who his starter is and wants to say that verbally and wants to be touting who that guy is. But they theoretically could go another week after Hawaii and keep going, well, yeah, we're not sure. Let's try it again. The, the funniest thing for me, and I'm hoping for this to happen, is I'm hoping next week, Cade McNamara is great, and J.J. McCarthy's terrible. And then, and then in week three, J.J. McCarthy's great, and Cade McNamara sucks, and then it's just, no one knows, and they just keep doing this. That's what I want. If you're a Buckeye fan, I think you want confusion to reign at the quarterback room in Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is very confused. He is misremembering things. He was talking to ESPN on Saturday, and, you know, every time he talks to somebody, he's going to be asked about... The potential for the Vikings job in the offseason and does he regret it, not regret it? Will you look at other jobs? Here's what Jim Harbaugh had to say on Saturday. Yeah. I don't apologize for taking a look. And the one that doesn't get printed is I don't apologize for wanting to be at Michigan. Seem to cut off the last part of it. And that's where I'm at right now. Happy as can be. All right. Let's discuss that. (laughs) You didn't take a look. You were out the door. You were out the door. You have, you were convinced that they wanted you as much as you wanted them. And you were going to take that job and you were out. This isn't picking up the phone and maybe talking a little bit about your vision or what you two have in common. And is, if this would be a wonderful working relationship, you wanted this NFL job so much so that your assistant coaches felt like they weren't wanted and left. All right. That is not you taking a look. That is you. Out the door, and then the people you thought were going to hire you said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And then you went back to Michigan. Right. Let's not misremember that. Well, I think, too, it's easy to make the comparison between, like, this situation and someone who was, like, in a relationship, and then they took a look with someone else. That didn't work, and they come slinking back to their former partner and say, hey, I'm really, hey, I'm committed to this relationship. You know, that looks, that seems weird. But it's also kind of like, too, you're not just in a relationship with University of Michigan if you're Jim Harbaugh. You're kind of like the main endorser 
of the product, right? You're like the hair club for men guy, where it's like, not only do I am I the president, I'm also curling. Right, you. I love Jim Harbaugh being compared to (laughs) size Sperling. Right, you've got to show everyone that you so value this product, you trust it so much, you want to be there. But then everyone has now seen you going like, hey, actually, does that Rogaine stuff work or not? And then after it didn't work for you, like, ah, never mind. Hair club for men. Like I said, never a doubt. And it's that's where he is now. He's gone out somewhere else and said, no, I'd rather go do this. I don't really want to be a coach in college football. It didn't happen. And now he's got to try to convince everyone he definitely wants to be there. Well, you tell me if you're convinced with this quote, too, because he was asked like, hey, what if some other NFL team calls and offers you a job? Here's what Harbaugh had to say about that. One of the things that was really kind of driving me is, you know, we were in San Francisco. We got that close to winning the Super Bowl. There's always been a thing. There's always unfinished business there. But, hey, winning the national championship, I could be really happy with that, too. So that's the goal. That's the one we're chasing. At no point did you get a, no, I'm done. I dipped my toe in that water. I'm not going back to that. I'm committed to Michigan. Next question. It was gobbledygook. Well, hey, winning a national championship would be good, too. Blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you. Now, I hope he doesn't have any more success because that means bad things for us. Yes, right, right. right. But if he beats the Buckeyes again and they go on and win the Big Ten again and NFL teams are sniffing around, he's gone. Sure. If he gets a real opportunity where they want him and not just he wants them, he is gone. Well, that's why it wasn't even to me gobbledygook. It was pretty crystal clear. He's like... Boy, I really, what'd you say? Super Bowl? Yeah. Mm. And he got lost in a daydream. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, but yeah, Michigan's great too. Like that, that did not seem to me like, yes, I'm really enjoying my time here. It seemed like I would take the first opportunity again because I want to win a Super Bowl. That's the itch I need to scratch. But I guess winning a national championship, yeah, that could be fun too for, for whatever. You could almost hear him losing steam about it as he's trying to build the steam. And that's not good. Uh, Elsewhere around college football, we had some big-time teams. Some rolled. Some had some problems. We will discuss coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Just a reminder that a flood watch remains in effect until 11 p.m. tonight. Flash flooding caused by excessive rainfall continues to be possible. Please make sure to slow down accordingly and be extra cautious on the roadways. This traffic report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Taco Bell's nachos are loaded with melty cheese and nacho cheese sauce, plus crunchy fiesta strips, seasoned beans and tomatoes, and sour cream on top. Or try them spicy with jalapenos and a creamy chipotle sauce. Get them today at a participating Taco Bell location near you. Only an array with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The show that will tickle you stupid. This is Man and Bone. Happy Monday. Happy Labor Day. The segment that's not a segment, yikes, is coming up at 434. Jason's beef at 534. Of course, we're breaking down the Buckeye game. We have yet to talk about what else happened around college football. Uh, Georgia destroyed mm. Oregon. That, that, I mean, that, that they was, did. Whew. Yeah, well, I uh, I think we all 
If you were looking for a formula for what I think Buckeye fans would have loved to see, it would be that. You're right. Right. I mean, we. So it's hard when you see a game like that and think, "Wow, that was awesome." Maybe, maybe that's what Ohio State's going to do, and then it doesn't quite go that way. That's all right. It doesn't have to. But yeah, man, Georgia looks like they're picking up right where they left off. I did see a few people mentioning, well, their defense did let Oregon move the ball a little easier than I thought. They scored three points. I'm, yeah, good, with, in, I'm good with that. In the first half before that game was out of reach, Oregon was moving the football. They just couldn't convert that into points. But yeah, I think, we're, I think a, we're nitpicking a touch. Is that not a function of defense? When you can stop your opponent, even if they, hey, move the ball all you want, but whenever you get down in the red zone, you don't score, or the majority of, they scored three points in the half. Yeah. Give, give any good college football team, give the Buckeyes six points a game average, you know, three per half. I think any Ohio, any any competent offense would be able to end up going undefeated if that's all you do. Unless you're Iowa. Well, technically, (laughs) they did manage more than six. The offense didn't. No, but the scoreboard managed more than six. That's all that we're looking at right right now. Before we talk about the other games. That's fine. Iowa needed two second-half safeties to beat South Dakota State 7-3. to My God. Like, again, if you didn't pay attention to that game at all, if you didn't watch any part of it, you might look at it and say, well, they scored only a touchdown. That's pathetic. No, it's more pathetic than you think because they did not score yes, a touchdown. they had a field goal in the first half and then two safeties in the second half to get to seven. Well, they did play a juggernaut, Mike. I mean, they South Dakota State? South Dakota State. Hey, you can't, can't sleep on South Dakota State now. Wow. Look, I don't know what to make of this because then, you know, some team will eventually go into Iowa and lose by 30 because Iowa does that every single year. Right, well, right. That doesn't mean they're a good team. It means no, they I occasionally play I up. Right, terrible. Yeah, uh, you, you can't. To your point, you can't look at that when your team goes to play Iowa and say, "Well, South Dakota State hung with them for four quarters and they needed two safeties to win that game." So our team should come in and trounce them. You can't think that with Iowa. Iowa is going to play down to the dumbest competition they are going to find, and then they will randomly play up and sometimes over the level of good competition they find. That's a sign. I'll tell you what. I hope they give them another Coach of the Year award. That's a sign of a really well-coached team. That's why Kirk Ferentz, greatest coach we've ever seen in this conference. Look, I, I know that you know there's not a ton of great high school football in the state of Iowa, and it's a challenge for guys like Kirk Ferentz to go out and recruit. I, I get it. However, how in 2022 does Kirk Ferentz still seem to stumble on every quarterback in the country that runs around like he's got a load in his pants? <laughs> how can he not get any athlete? Well, I, right. I to mean, run around and play quarterback and extend plays and drive. Every quarterback looks like they've got weights in their shoes. Yeah, I don't. I. You would say, perhaps, you might argue, well, that's just because it's tough to recruit players to Iowa. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. There's been tons of great NFL talent that has come out of Iowa. So Then find an undersized guy that can move. Well, no, my point is, I think that's more of a function of that's not who he wants to run his offenses. He doesn't doesn't want guy who's going to run around and make plays. He, He is... I think a bit old school, a lot old school. His son runs their offense, right? Am I? I'm not wrong on that, right? Brian Ferentz, no, their yeah, offense coordinator. There, okay, maybe that's just what they want to do. I mean, because 
Yeah, they, but it ain't working, They've had no bone. problem finding guys who can play running back. They've had no problem finding guys who can play defense. They've had no problem finding all kinds of talent everywhere else that goes to the NFL and does well. Yet, quarterback, they just seem to really struggle this with. This is not a new development. Their offense wasn't good last year. They fooled some people early in the yeah, season. Of course. I, all I know is with Iowa, I, I have... It, again, it's not legal to gamble in this state, but if it were, I would not touch them with a 10-foot pole. There's there's nothing I'm trying to do right now on betting Iowa football. You can't... They're, they're playing Iowa State next weekend. Who the hell knows what they're going to do against Iowa State? There's there's no rhyme or reason. They go out and win by 50 for Where all I know. Where is that game? Is that... Uh... Iowa I City or that is, I believe they are hosting that one. Okay. Uh, Iowa, Iowa is hosting that game. That's a four o'clock on BTN if you want to watch it. So, oh. yeah, <laughs> my how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> that's too bad. Does Matt Campbell have all the NFL teams calling up. Or I don't know. Are we if, done with? Him? I don't know if that's all happening as much as. as well, because we remember, like to it was, think. you know, back in the day, they were all calling Kirk Ferentz. Well, yeah. Then they stopped calling Kirk Ferentz. Then it's like, hey, another Iowa guy, Matt Campbell. Let's call him. I think they've stopped. I think Kirk Ferentz needs to stop arguing with his neighbors. That's what I'm going to say. Cause I what still, did he do? Mary had that whole thing where his neighbors were like, we wanted to get a road put in, I don't know, somewhere near the somewhere near their neighborhood where they're like, this road would make it easier for people to get in and out of the neighborhood. And he was like, no, he was the only person in the neighborhood who wouldn't agree to do it. And so then they couldn't do it because every, every person on the street had to agree to this I don't know, easement or whatever was being made. And he was the only one out of his neighbors that wouldn't agree to it. I want to say they went to court over that. I don't know whatever came of it, but yeah, good good times with Kirk Ferentz. Seems like a well-rounded guy. I know what came of it. What came of it? This is what came of it. I'm not quite sure why I'm here or what I'm doing. <laughs> they were putting it in a Portillo's. Up, right? They were putting it in a Portillo's and getting, uh, yeah, they're getting roast beef sandwiches. That's All right, great. here's the good news. Uh, two teams have been eliminated after week one from national championship consideration. Two Great. two real teams. Okay, real I'm, not, teams. I'm not joking around saying, oh, East Carolina lost. No. Two real teams that had playoff hopes now have no hope of going to the playoffs. We'll talk about that next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slow traffic to watch out for right now. You'll find some backups on I-71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. Delays are expected. And Route 315 southbound between Kinnear Road and 670. Traffic is slow there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by LP Smartside Trim and Siding. Does your siding crack under pressure? LP Smartside Trim and Siding helps tackle what the job site throws its way. Even if you have to replace a board, LP Smartside products are designed to bend. Side with advanced durability. Side with LP Smartside Trim and Siding. Visit lpcore.com slash pro. And we array with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't worry, we don't get bones and allergies either. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Labor Day. The segment that's not a segment, yikes, is coming up at 434. Jason's beef at 534. I have an early yikes for you. Oh, what's your early yikes? So we have a day baseball today, and the Twins are playing the Yankees. Mm. And it pretty much is death, taxes, 
and the Yankees will beat the Twins all the time. Yeah. Since 1993. Now, sometimes we hear that. It's like, oh, 1993, 10 years ago. No, think, do the math for a second. That's almost 30 years ago. <laughs> I don't want to think about that math, but you are correct. From on that. 1993 to today, how many times have the Twins won the regular season series with the Yankees? Let's not even mention the bloodletting that is their postseason against the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees beat them pretty much every single year in the postseason. 30 years, I'll say. 30 years. How many times have they won I'll say the season series? Five times. Once. God. One I mean, I time. Five is pathetic, right? One time. That's that's terrible if it's five and it's not. It's 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 almost 30, 29 years. less than that. That sucks. Whew. And we're not talking about, look, the Pirates during that span. No. The Twins during that span, they were the best team in this division many times. Winning this division, going to the playoffs, thought they had teams that could win the World Series, and every single year they'd run into the Yankees and poop. That's, I don't know... Because there there can't be just purely psychological reasons for that, right? Like all the players it, have turned over. That's what I'm saying. Many like, times, players who would have been playing in Major League Baseball when that started, they're, they're dead. Ki- they're dead <laughs> now. Like, I was going to say their kids are playing. You went with they're dead. So we went. We diverged on. But the same point applies. Things have changed quite a bit since that started. Everything is different. You have different commissioner now than you do. You have. Phantom runners being put on in extra innings game. You have all kinds of changes. One thing's constant. Yankees beat the Twins. That's a constant. I think their winning percentage over that span is like 27%. Oh. That's it's 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 terrible. Ridiculous. Just ter- again for a good te- they have been a yes, good team a largely, over that stretch. Well, uh, top half of baseball over that stretch. Right, I'm saying yes. 30 years, they've been largely the top half of baseball, not the bottom half. To your point, that's ridiculous. Uh, elsewhere around college football this weekend, there were two teams that had their playoff hopes diminish after one week. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Diminish or dead? Uh, dead. That's what I mean. Dead. Okay, because you said diminish, and I no, was just trying to be clear wrong on what you're saying. That's the wrong word. They're dead. They're not making the playoffs. Okay. Cincinnati loses to Arkansas. Yeah, that's, be, that's it. You can't you can't come back from that it, it if you're Cincinnati. No, if you're Cincinnati, there was not a strong likelihood they would be in the playoffs. But if there was any talk of that, that has gone now. They've lost to Arkansas, who may wind up being good. I have no idea. Yeah, and you know who's not good? Utah. Nope. A lot of people. They were the 17th ranked team in the country. They went to play an unranked Florida Gator team. Gators won. Very dramatic game. But now Utah is dead. They are the they are the defending Pac-12 champions. But there is no way in hell, especially with the state of that conference right now, that Utah will be in the playoffs. That's not to say that USC won't. Yeah, I wonder uh, honestly if the Pac-12 people could do one of two things: keep keep you can keep one of USC or UCLA. You don't get to pick; just randomized. You get to keep one of them from leaving your conference, or you get to have Utah win this game. <laughs> I bet they'd take Utah winning this game. Just, I mean, yes, in the grand scheme of things, you're losing, you know, big university leaves. That's probably worse in the long run, but 
They needed a Utah win here just to say, yeah, see, Pac-12 can play. We'll go on the road and beat your SEC team. You're not that great SEC team, at least we don't think. But maybe maybe Florida is going to be better this year. We'll find out. Anthony Richardson certainly is getting some Heisman you know, talk after that performance where he ran for over 100 yards, put three touchdowns on the board on the ground. That's that's pretty good stuff, but I'm not not in any way, shape, or form saying Florida is just no doubt about it great. Utah, though, we were wondering, are they really the seventh best team in the country? Are they really this top 10 team? So much hype about them. Hard to justify that hype now, I would say. USC, we were talking about them. They started against Rice. And they put up 66. And you're like, well, it's Rice. Like, yeah, it is Rice. You know, the team that beat Texas a couple years ago. But let's not focus on that. <laughs> they put up 66. They they did what they were supposed to do against a crappy team. Well, I, college football is such a momentum sport anyway. You know, not like the NFL where you can go out, have a terrible week one week, and then the next week, these are professionals. They shake it off. They go right back out there, and they just, they're they are more machine-like in the NFL, I feel like, than you are in college. In college, you ride waves of emotion. If you go out, hire Lincoln Riley, do all this stuff to bring him to USC, get all these transfer guys to come in, and then go out and stub your toe. And I'm not saying lose to Rice, but you, you kind of sleepwalk through it and look not much different than last year. That already set you off on a bad start. And you've got to try to get momentum next week and the week after. Now, they start off by saying, well, we're a top 15 team. And now we've beaten Rice and blew them out. And we showed all the fan base here, which is very hot and cold, might I add. Uh, it's time to warm up a little bit. Look at that. We put up 60 points on the board. We can do things. So I think that certainly does. I know that's groundbreaking analysis for me. That doesn't hurt when you score 60 against Rice. But I'm not going to just brush that aside and say, ah, it doesn't matter. Let them play a good team. It probably does matter a little bit for USC because they need to gain that mojo back if they're going to end up doing what they want to do. NC State barely survives East Carolina. That was a uh, true road game for NC State. They were on the road, and East Carolina should have won that game. Their kicker missed two big kicks. Oh, yeah. And I don't know who was calling the game, but it was on the S-Pen. And I flipped it on, flip, and the East Carolina kicker had just missed one, would have won them the game. And the announcer was saying, oh, people were married. This guy's a college kid and just sort of setting it up, which I I get it. Yeah, I understand it. We we know how passionate fans can be. But it was almost like this guy, whoever was calling the game, Teddy, maybe you can look up who was on the call, but he was yelling at people before they did anything. (laughs) (laughs) I know all of you are going to slide into his DMs and threaten death. And it's like, I'm. I'm sure that he may get some of that. I hope he doesn't. Right. It, but let's just calm down. Nothing's happened yet. Yes. I know that that's not what the the announcer intended, but sometimes when you throw that idea out there to millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people or however many people are watching this game, it's not the best form to go out to the crazies who might be watching and be like, hey, remember that you're crazy? Go do your crazy thing now. You know, like, don't don't remind the crazies of, hey, definitely don't slide into this guy's DMs and threaten him. Yeah, don't do that, but don't bring it up either. Let's not remind people that's an option. No, I also love how as fans, we're supposed to just be civilized all the time. And yes, we should all strive for that, to be human beings and recognize other people are human beings. But I have heard enough stories from people in the locker room and the actual kickers themselves who have said that, the most awkward things they've had to deal with is not fans getting in their face 
and people yelling at them at the grocery store. It's walking back in their own locker room oh, yeah, after a I game like that. I can't imagine. And you've got your own teammates screaming in your face. I mean, we as fans, we're always supposed to keep it together. The, their own players sometimes can't keep it together. That's how emotional things get. Yeah. Well, like the uh, the LSU player who muffed the kick that like he muffed or not a kick. It was a punt, but he muffs the punt and it goes to Florida state recovers it in their game. And he's laying face down on the ground. His teammates have to grab him and pick him up and try to like, Hey man, just shake it off. It'll be okay. And obviously that game went off the rails and was crazy, but I can't imagine for that guy. It was like, Oh man, I'm going to get so many DMS on Twitter. He's probably thinking I have to go back and look at my coaches and the other players that I screwed this up for them. Cause I think he dropped a couple of them in that game, but yeah, that was another one where it just went wild for uh, Brian Kelly. Didn't work out one. for Brian Kelly. No, they, hey, it was nice to see Florida State show up and start acting like a football school again. Well, that and then they almost gave it all away where LSU drives down the field. 90, I think it was like a 99 yard drive, I want to say. And because they Florida State got after they got the punt, did they get stopped? Is that the sequence they got stopped on? They tape? fumbled the ball. Yeah, third they down. fumbled it at the goal line. LSU goes down the field. So back and forth like this where no one actually scores. LSU goes down, scores the touchdown where they're only down a point. All they have to do to send it to overtime is kicks the extra point and it gets blocked. Got blocked on the left side where they had had a field goal blocked earlier in the game. And Brian Kelly after the game said, yeah, um, we we had a problem with the field goal getting blocked, so we changed out some guys and uh, on the left side, and that that didn't work either. So <laughs> problems on special teams. Maybe if uh, Jim Tressel was running things over there, wouldn't have that problem because Tress knew there were three phases to this game. Maybe if Coach O were still running that mm, team. That's right. You need a Hummer. Oh, Coach Tell him about it, JoJo. Maybe Coach O's girlfriend could come and run the special teams. Mm-hmm. I heard she was pretty involved in things there at the end. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey says there is no rush to playoff expansion. Well, I said if uh, yeah. history is a lesson to help us understand the future, it won't be easy. But minds change, motivations change. There's a bunch of moving parts. That's where I wish we could have used the last nine months to work. We'll have to accelerate our consideration to make it happen. Now, last week they announced they have agreed to expand the playoffs 12 teams. However... They don't anticipate that being done until the new television deal comes to pass in 2026. Now, Greg Sankey's saying if they all work together, maybe, maybe we can get something done in 2024. But that's a tough ask to get all these grown-ups who are making millions of dollars in a room together well, and figure something out. Some context there. Greg Sankey wanted to do the 12-team thing, and then pretty much all the other commissioners were like, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't like that. And this was on the heels of right them announcing that Oklahoma and Texas were coming into the SEC. Right. So a lot of the conferences, you know, Kevin Warren and George Klievkoff and whoever else is running the ACC and the Big 12, I've forgotten. But they were all like, well, hang on a second. This is what you want because you just promised two big time teams or at least big name teams in Texas's case that you get to come into the SEC. Now you want to expand the playoffs so they can have a better chance of making the playoffs because there's going to be tougher competition in your conference we're not going to help you out with that. So they crossed their arms for nine months and said, we're going to really think about it. And they argued and fought over it. And then eventually what they do, they did Sankey's thing. So now Sankey is basically taking his victory lap by saying, oh, did you guys want to do this quicker to make more money? Well, I wish we could have been doing this nine months ago. Maybe we would have got it sorted out. Now, 
gee, gosh, and golly, I don't know if I remember where the keys are to to open up the door to hop in the car and step on the gas pedal. I I seem to have misplaced them, so I'll have to look for those while you guys were looking the last nine months for your dignity to approve my plan. This is him just rubbing it in their faces and saying, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can move quick or not. They dragged their feet, not me. What's the latest on Jackson Smith and Jigbo? We will tell you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slow traffic to watch out for right now. Traffic delays expected on I-71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Traffic is still backed up in that area. And I-71 northbound between I-70 and Spring Street. This traffic report is sponsored by Gusto. Gusto doesn't build robots or teach spin classes. Gusto supports the people who do. With happier paydays, health insurance, hiring, you name it. Gusto does payroll benefits and so much more for people who do incredible things. Learn more at Gusto.com. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Fat and happy. Hey, one out of two isn't bad. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. Happy Monday. It's Labor Day. We're here. The segment that's not a segment. Yikes. At 434, Jason's beef. At 534, crew... With another tie this weekend, this time to Chicago on Saturday. That's all right, because I read some quotes from Caleb Porter after the game, pretty much saying we should be in awe of this team for the run that they're on. Because no one's beating them. He, I mean, to be fair, he said they believe he believes his team is three or four games away from reaching their peak. He said we're on a very good path. We still need to improve, but that path we're going on is don't be fair to him. Well, right. here's he, every okay. time he opens his mouth, I'm reminded how much he's a douche nugget. <laughs> I can't stand the guy. A very successful douche nugget, but yes. And I'm and here's where my issue is with Caleb Porter because I'll read you the quote that really set me off. And again, I'm I'm told by the people who go there and do this every week, like yeah, but if you understand the context, you know, fine. These quotes get out in the media. They're reported by the media. Everyone sees them who follows this team, and they don't ring true to what we're actually seeing on the field. Maybe Caleb Porter, deep down inside, looks at this team and goes, God, we suck. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe he does know exactly what it is and he doesn't want to tell us. But when you say things like this quote, it's hard for me to say, wow, this guy definitely gets what's going on. The run that we're on is pretty incredible, Porter said. This is from the dispatch. Too many draws, but 15 games and one team's beaten us. That is true. They are on a 14 out of 15 streak unbeaten. That's the mark of a good team, that we're steady, that our mentality is tough, that we're strong, that we're hard to beat. That's a very good quality out of a team. And yet, not one of those draws that we've had have the guys been satisfied or happy. Well, I would hope not. They had another one of those draws this weekend when they played Chicago. That's not a good team. Who's terrible. Chicago sucks. You didn't get three points. That's not what good teams do. At home, that's the thing. And and I brought this up to you before the show, and I'll bring it up here. They've You can do the math on this. It's very simple. For, for guys like Caleb Porter who say, oh, yeah, but we're teams are beating us. He also had quotes about how, like, you know, well, look, we're we're hard to beat. We're very hard to beat. We're not losing these games. We're not losing them because there's an option of a tie. But if you had to get a win in these games, that's what I don't know the answer on. I don't know if this team would dig down and find it. 
My problem is if you do the math and say, all right, in the 34 games they have in an MLS season, you go out and get one point in every one of them for a tie. That leaves you at 34 points. Pretty easy math. That would get you out of the playoffs most years. If you go out and split and win 17 and lose 17, don't tie at all. That's three points for 17. That puts you over 50 points, and that gets you typically in the playoffs most years. So his argument that we're hard to beat, yes, but you're not winning either. You're not beating the bad teams. So you're going to either miss the playoffs or barely sneak in, and then you're going to tell me that's when you're going to figure it out? That's where this team's going to click in and suddenly be able to beat everyone? God, I hope so. Because right now they don't look anything close to a team that's going to go out in the playoffs and go win a championship, which should be the expectation every single year here. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba was uh, was out for most of that game with a hamstring injury. He will have an MRI this week to confirm. Hopefully they don't see anything wonky. Assuming they don't, the prognosis is should be ready in a couple weeks. Let's... Let's think about that, because it's Arkansas State this week. We certainly don't need Jackson Smith and Jigba to win that game. No, I, I want... Our guys are favored by 40. <laughs> you want everyone to be as healthy as possible when you play Wisconsin. I mean, right, that's, right. that's it's Toledo the, the week after that. Right. And presumably the same rules apply, even though Toledo is better than Arkansas State is. And then it's Wisconsin, September 24th. In a perfect world, he's ready to go. And not just kind of ready to go, but a hundred percent for that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that this will not be something that lingers much longer than that. But it would be if you, I mean, if you've watched sports for any amount of time and you've paid attention to injuries, what's one of those injuries that suddenly bugs you all year if you don't get it right when you get the initial diagnosis? If you don't get it fixed, high ankle sprain. Well, that's one. Hamstrings, another one. <laughs> There's lots of them, in There's fact. There's lots of them. Yes, but that's one that's very concerning when your whole thing Liz is... Frank. Yeah, that's bad, too. I'm just saying, hamstring injury, if you rush someone back from that, that tends to be bad. Turf toe. Is turf toe one that you like can't rush yeah, back Yeah, because it's, it's... You know, turf toe sounds like, you know, hey, it's turf toe. <laughs> it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound bad oh. until you realize that turf toe is torn ligaments in your toe. They should say that, right? Like, I don't know if, if I twisted my ankle and three ligaments tore, they're like, oh, you got that uh, <laughs> spongy foot. And it's like, that doesn't mean hey, anything. Sponge foot. Yeah, that's not good. If you're like, oh, yeah, you tore three ligaments in your ankle, you're going to be out for six weeks. Oh, that, that sounds much more grave and serious. Maybe say that. Sports hernia. Yeah, right. All these Which are bad. I, I never understood. Like sports hernia and regular hernia. What's the difference? Just one guy's an athlete. You still have an intestine or part of your inside poking through the stomach lining, isn't it? I guess what I'm guessing it's more like, yeah, but you got this. Is it like a credit system where you got this for doing hard work as opposed to just like you were sitting around and suddenly you got a hernia? I don't know. I mean, like, like sports hernias to me seem like, well, these are people who are used to lifting a lot of weight. Thus, if they get a hernia, it's not the same as a normal person who's like, I haven't done anything in a year. Now I'm going to try to move a couch. Ah, hernia. Like, yeah, but that like the result is still the, the same. The result is, is the same, but I think it's like a credit system of like, no, no, no. You are very in shape. You did go to the gym. Good for you. It's a sports hernia. Right, so the, you're okay. Uh, CBS guys, no likey the Browns. They have done their official predictions, win-loss records for every single team this season. Okay. Uh, they have the Browns finishing 6-11 and 11 and right. last in the AFC North. I can hear that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, 
Here's what they have for the entire AFC. They got the Bills at 13 and 4, Dolphins at 9 and 8. They are not a believer in the Patriots 7 and 10, Jets 5 and 12. Then they have the Ravens winning the North at 12 and 5. Then it's the Bengals at 11 and 6 making the playoffs. Then it's the Steelers 8 and 9, Brownies 6 and 11. Uh, yeah. Uh Colts at 10 and 7 win the South. They think the South will be icky. Titans 8 and 9, Jags 6 and 11, Texans 5 and 12. AFC West Chargers win that 12 and 5 over the Chiefs wow. 11 and 6. They do have the Chiefs in a wild card spot. Then the Broncos at 10 and 7, they have them making the playoffs too and the Raiders 9 and 8. Mm. That's the AFC. For the CBS guys. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't disagree with their assessment of the Browns. I think the fact that number 1 Let's back all the way up to Deshaun Watson. We have no idea what he's going to look like when healthy and or healthy when allowed on the field because last year he was not allowed on the field and this year he's not going to be allowed on the field for 11 games. So we don't know what he looks like. He's been out of football for almost two years. So we'll see what he looks like when he actually does play, but you're only going to have him for six games. So that's that's also of concern for the Browns as far as your ability to win a bunch of football games, even if he's great. You have to hope that Jacoby Brissett can do more than 500 football if you want to, you know, do something this year, be a playoff caliber team. Because I think it's, yeah, minimum you're going to have to win 10 games. And I'm trying to see how that'll happen with a mishmash of quarterback there with Deshaun Watson not playing for most of the year. NFC predictions. Teddy, the CBS guys did not pick the Cowboys to win the NFC East. They have the Eagles at 11 and 6. Everybody loves the Eagles this year, so we'll see how good Jalen Hurts is. Cowboys at 10 and 7. They do have the Cowboys making the playoffs, and it's the Commanders 6 and 11, Giants 5 and 12. Packers win the North 12 and 5. They have the Vikings at 10 and 7 making the playoffs, and it's the Lions at 6 and 11. And they know likey Eberflus and Justin Fields. Bears are 4 and 13. All right. Well, according to the CBS. All guys. the doubters. Time to go silence the doubters. That's what I heard. Uh, NFC South. A lot of people think that Tampa Bay could fall off a cliff, and they don't have that. They have them winning the division 10 and 7. Uh, Saints 9 and 8 making the playoffs. Panthers 7 and 10. Falcons 4 and 13, NFC West Rams 11 and 6, 49ers 10 and 7 making the playoffs and it's a Seahawks 6 and 11 and they hate the Cardinals. 6 really? and 11. Yeah. They got the Cardinals finishing last at 6 and 11. I li- I actually like that. I'm not saying I totally agree with it, but I kind of hope that happens. I think that'd be fun. We are just a few days away from the start of the NFL th- season Thursday night. Rams you- and who? Rams and Bills? Is that right? Is that right? And I saw that Ozzy Osbourne's going to be the uh, halftime entertainment. That's of all strap the, in, listen, kids. I love metal. I want there to be, I've said for years, I think they should do a metal halftime show for the Super Bowl, but Ozzy may not have been my first choice now. Like, Ozzy's a legend in the genre of hard rock, metal, all those things. He's He's one of the reasons why it exists, but doesn't mean right now that's the guy I think Yeah, that's the most metal act you could get out there. The segment that's not a segment, Yikes, is coming up next. By the way, speaking of Yikes, because I know Leanna can hear me right now, stop retweeting Bjork. I love. I she was in my timeline today, and it was because of you. I love the retweet, and that was great. Good job. Yikes is next. Colin Mann and T-Bone on the fan. 
Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Never. I will never stop. I will never, ever stop as long as Twitter exists. Anyway, so there's a flood watch that remains in effect until 11 p.m. today. Flash flooding could be causing excessive rainfall and flooding is possible. Please drive responsibly for the road conditions. This traffic report is sponsored by Churches. At Churches, we put it on the table for less. Get 10-piece legs and thighs, two large sides, five honey butter biscuits, and five jalapeno poppers just starting at 20 bucks. Church's Texas Chicken, welcome to the great state of flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. I'm Leanna Ray with York and Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. Happy Labor Day. Hey, check out the podcast if you haven't done so already. Wherever you get your audio, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're there. Search Common Man and T-Bone. You'll see our cartoon faces pop up. Click! Subscribe. Every single show comes right to your device free of charge, including some podcast-only extras like flashbacks. Ooh. Teddy put together a great flashback this weekend, right, Teddy? Absolutely. It was fantastic, and I actually kind of remember this one a little bit. It was back, I think it was 2018, when you had out your Common Man beer. Is mm-hmm. that maybe correct? And. It was at a giant eagle, and you relay a story about you going into the store looking for it, the beer. And there's an encounter. And I had an outside, uh, upside-down pineapple uh, in my cart. Well, I was it, looking to swing. So. There's yeah. a funny encounter, yes. Okay. I still remember when we talked about that upside-down pineapple thing. You brought it up to my attention on the show. Well, somebody then, brought that up to me. Is that right. there, there was a certain grocery store where if you walk around the grocery store with a pineapple upside down in your cart, that was a sign to other people that you wanted to swing with them. No, but what I'm telling you now is like you go all over social media and you look up anything revolving around that like upside down pineapple thing and oh yeah, people everywhere are like, yeah, it means you're a swinger. Duh. I've seen people who post like, we're at an RV park. What are our neighbors doing? Because they have pineapple stuff all over like a flag <laughs> and, a, and a welcome mat with pineapples. And it's like, what's going on at this place? Right. Like everywhere you go, people are now aware of pineapples, which is too bad because I mean, I just like pineapples as a fruit. So if you like them, you don't necessarily have to be doing that if you don't want to, I guess. Yikes. All right. Things are not going well. For Virginia Tech. For my money, one of the most overrated football programs of all time. They lost to Old Dominion on Friday night. If that wasn't bad enough, consider this. The Hokie coaches were delayed getting onto the field for the second half because they were stuck in a malfunctioning elevator. Yikes. They committed five turnovers in the 20-17 loss. Yikes. It was the second loss in the past five years to Old Dominion. Yikes. And to tap it off. Cap it and tap it all off. Tap it. Virginia Tech players say things were stolen out of their lockers while they were losing on the field. Police are now investigating. Yikes. Uh, This one's short and sweet. Notre Dame often has a lot of, you know, clout coming into a season, a lot of high expectations. Do you know their record versus top five opponents since 1998? Bad. Oh, it's bad. It is uh, three and 22. 
That is multiple coaches. That is multiple regimes. It's not any one thing, but that is still a big old yikes. NASCAR Xfinity driver Anthony Alfredo. What's his nickname, Bone? Fast Pasta. Fast Pasta. Yeah. He was involved in an accident in his race over the weekend. He drove right into the back of John Hunter Nemechek's car during a caution. The reason he ran into him was because he was getting sick. Yikes. He had been feeling ill before the accident, and as he was approaching Nemechek's car, he threw up, which obviously distracted him and caused the accident. Yikes. I just want to point out, these guys have closed-faced helmets, so it's not <laughs> like he was vomiting out like to the side of his car, which would be bad enough. He vomited in his own face, and that's awful. And somebody has to clean out all that stuff. Uh, you know who it is usually? Him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. If you go to the bathroom or vomit or anything bodily fluid-wise, that's been the rule typically is that. the guy who does it has to clean it out. Uh, after Nebraska lost to Northwestern in Ireland... They found themselves tied at 17 with North Dakota late in the third quarter this weekend. Embarrassing. They scored the last 21 points of the game, came away with a 38-17 to victory. But the program is a disaster. Nebraska's offense looks so different in the second half. Reporters asked Scott Frost after the game if he was back to calling plays. His quote, I'm not ever going to get into that. Looks like offensive coordinator Mark Whipple has already been neutered two games into his Nebraska career. Just another case of Scott Frost against the world until you realize that Scott Frost has hired all of these terrible coaches and recruited all of these numbnut players. He is the worst coach in the business, and that deserves a yikes. Uh, the selfishness of the college football game day crew, they were out obviously here at Ohio State. They were broadcasting live, and once again, they brought out Lee Corso, who I I adore Lee Corso for many reasons, one of which is that he founded a great college football show that I watched for many, many years. But I say that the selfishness of the game day crew exists because this is not serving anyone. I'm not going to harp on this all year. Lee Corso is not at a point where he can do well on television for large stretches of time. That is unfortunate. It doesn't mean he should have to retire from game day. It doesn't mean they can't have him be a part of the crew there. It doesn't mean they can't continue to pay him, value his input, have him be a part of everything, traveling with them, planning out what they're going to talk about, all these other things. Get his insight on what he thinks about these games. He's just not good at delivering it on the air anymore. And it feels like that's not serving him well. That's not serving the fans who watch it very well. It's really only serving the people on that staff who don't have the guts to go to him and say, as a friend, Lee, we're not going to be able to put you on TV this year. And who is that really serving? Not him. So I wish someone would have the guts to talk to him about it. But until then, yikes to the college football game day staff. The Pac-12's now 1-8 in its last nine week one games against the SEC. Seven of those Pac-12 losses were by ranked teams. This includes the Oregon and Utah losses from Saturday. Yikes. Most of these losses did occur in SEC country and not out west, but still, come on, guys. Yikes. Uh, my next yikes will be read by the Queen. Oh. Blackfield and Langley FC is a small soccer team in England. Their goalkeeper, Connor Masco, received a red card and was kicked out of their scoreless game in the 76th minute against Shepton Mallet. Yes, that is a team as well. There was a goal kick and Connor went to retrieve the ball. He didn't come back right away and then other players saw him taking a piss in a hedge. He finished 
tucked his willy away and returned to the field, only to be kicked out by the ref. His manager said, when you have to go, you have to go. Yikes. I'm glad she made an appearance. A three-year-old child who went to the store with her mom, the Halloween store, and they were just browsing. Uh, The three-year-old's name is Briar, and her mother, Brittany Beard, took her to this store just to look for Halloween stuff. This was back in uh, a couple weeks ago. Found a spooky baby doll named Creepy Chloe, and the three-year-old said, this is my baby doll now. In fact, told her mom, I'm its mommy. She needs someone to look after it. So they bought this thing that's meant to creep out adults. And the three-year-old has been carrying it around ever since. This went viral. She's been on the Today Show. At Disney World, she actually got to go in the Haunted Mansion and jump the line. Because they saw the creepy baby doll. They had heard about the story. And they said, welcome in. You're in the right place, girl who loves creepy things. So good for that little kid. But if it was my kid... That doll would never have made it in the house because those dolls freak me out. Yikes. All right. Hello. <laughs> Let's go, Ted Rue. All right. Uh, I'll try to make this quick. Oh, I was geez, Ted. Drag it out a little longer so we can waste more time. Let's go. Being very dramatic here, Ted Rue. Iowa's game against South Dakota State was severely lacking offense. Here's every drive of the game. Punt, punt, miss field goal. Punt, 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 field goal, punt. Punt, 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 punt. Interception, field goal, end of half. Punt, 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 punt. Safety, fumble. Punt, 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 punt. Safety, punt. Turnover on downs, end of game. Yikes. He's out of breath. I'm out of breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad news for Buckeye basketball. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find traffic is still delayed on I-71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Plan on backups in that area. And Route 315 southbound between Kinnear Road and 670. This traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Get real about flavor and freshness at your local Fresh Time Market. This week, save on jumbo red, green, or black moon drop seedless grapes. Just 99 cents a pound with digital coupon now through September 6th. Get real. Only NRA with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And from every dime a dog night in the Midwest, here's Man and Bone. Happy Monday. It's Labor Day. We're here. Hopefully you're not huh? wherever you're supposed to be. Oh, you know what I mean. You're not here. I'm Enjoying the day off, not working. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, I figured that. Although we're enjoying this today. Yeah, we're I having am. fun. I don't know if we're enjoying it as much as uh, Tim Brando was enjoying calling the football game at Wisconsin this weekend. Did you happen to see any of that? No. I you hate sh- Tim Brando. I Well, I <laughs> I was blocked by Tim Brando many years ago, so you know I hate him. I would encourage any of you who have not seen this, and Mike, that can include you right now, because I kind of want to see your reaction to it. If you just, on Twitter, search Tim Brando, Spencer Tillman, jump around, or some version of that, there's a quick little video of the jump around thing happening at Wisconsin. 
and they cut into the booth to Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman who are dancing and then the only way I could politely describe this Do is Do I need that, audio for this? No, you don't All need right. the audio. You just need to see Tim Brando attempting to, I think, I'm going to say this very delicately, jump on Spencer Tillman's back. It It is quite bizarre what happened between those two. Oh, and this, they, uh, this is... That's not... Right. That's not jumping on that's his back. Not jump, that's not jumping. I am trying to be delicate because otherwise there's that's only... like a scene from Pulp Fiction. There's only one way to describe what's really... Tim Brando seems very They're interested They're trying to do in, the double dude poop luge is what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really weird is they came back from this and we don't have the audio of it, but Spencer Tillman... You know, they're like, ah, jump around, and they're laughing, and then Spencer Tillman says, I think I was accosted, is <laughs> the actual words that came out of his mouth, and I don't know if Tim Brando's ever danced with any humans, but that's not the way you do it. Mm. That I mean, that's a maybe, way maybe to dance. Maybe the but, way you do it. Well, I don't ever it. go to a wedding with Tim Brando, because you may end up having a dance floor that is not uh, appropriate for all ages. Let's put it that way. Uh, many years ago, I was a producer at the one-on-one sports radio network. Yeah. Which, uh, before Fox Sports Radio existed, we were the number two syndicated sports radio company behind mm-hmm. ESPN. Sure. So we had a lot of big names that would host shows with us. Uh, Troy Aikman had a show with us when he first retired. Right. Tim Brando was one of our main hosts. Okay. And I could tell you that I worked with a lot of douchey characters during my time there. He was the douchiest. In which way? I'm just curious. Was he like just arrogant? Stuck full of, up? Full of himself. Yeah, that's kind of arrogant. what the vibe I've gotten of him is that... The smugness that you get on camera is about ten times worse <sighs> off camera. Yeah, I... Here's what I don't like. If you're, if you're a piece of garbage, but you know you're a piece of garbage, I can live with that a little bit better than I can the person who says, I'm not a piece of garbage at all. I'm doing... I'm great... And how dare any of you have any fun? I'm going to tell you how awful you are at all times. But but he himself is the king of awful. Like Tim Brando strikes me as that guy in sports. Again, in the just the sports sense. I'm not saying in real life he might be a very nice no, human outside a, of that. He's a douche. I'm just telling you, Tim Brando never been my guy. Not my guy. Got blocked by Tim Brando on Twitter because I dared to call him an idiot once, and that shows you just how uh, paper thin the skin is over there and we had a lot of you know guys that had high profile jobs like james brown hosted a show with us sure james yeah. brown at the These time name was on the fox desk now he's on the cbs desk he was a very nice guy all the time i've heard that about him for whatever it's worth that he's a very down-to-earth nice person but yeah brando not a very not good radio host well, but that's, that's okay he was a very nice guy tim brando not a very good radio host and terrible person i'm i'm does, does it make you feel better to know that makes me happy to hear that yes <laughs> Because that, that shows you how horrible I am. I'm glad to know he's horrible. That means I was right. All right, some bad news for Buckeye basketball. Uh, first of all, they have lost a commitment. Yes. Who is this guy? This George is, Washington the That's third. right, George Washington the third. It's like, hey, what's his name? Oh, he's the name of perhaps the most famous American of all time. <laughs> right. George Washington the third, who is the number two guy in the state of Ohio. He's been committed to Chris Holtman since I want to say last November or December. He has officially decommitted and opened opened up his recruitment again. I guess the the story on this. Buckeyes have signed some other high-profile guys since he originally committed, so that may be 
You know, he's scared about getting lost in the shuffle. Also, I guess there was some disagreement between him and Chris Holtman as to what role he would be playing, whether it would be shooting guard, which is what he played in high school. He's been doing more point stuff in AAU. Maybe he wants to focus on that. Anywho, it's not going to work out here. Yeah, it might also be, and I'm not saying this is absolutely the case, but couple guys on campus uh, this past weekend. One was Tyson Chapman, who I believe is in the same class as George Washington III. So he's someone that perhaps maybe could be committing here. And if that's the case, maybe he's George Washington III saying, well, I'm not going to have as big of a role if that guy commits. He's a better player. That could be it too. I don't know. The other guy that was on campus, you may have heard of him. LeBron James's son, Bronny, was... Uh, well, of course, have, LeBron was may there. May have seen it. <laughs> checking yes. out the game. I know. I'm, I'm kind of soft-selling it. Yeah, like... So there's a couple big-time recruits in next year's class. Potentially, if either one of them were to come here, I'm not saying that George Washington III would be worse than them. I don't know. Maybe he would be the best player of all three of those guys. But it could be getting a little crowded in that recruiting class, and maybe he's just saying, all right, it's time to move on. And I'm not saying he's lying about the other part. I'm sure that's also part of it. Maybe they looked at him and said, yeah, we don't think you play point guard here. And he said, well, then I don't want to come here. And that makes sense. Good for him. I hope it works out wherever he goes. And some more bad news, albeit not necessarily unexpected news. Seth Towns is leaving the program physically. He just can't do it. Yeah, he had tweeted out a statement saying that, you know, he's stepping away from Ohio State and Team 124 He said there has been a few setbacks this summer, some tough conversations with my coaches and medical personnel. He thanked all of his medical team. Obviously, he did not play all of last year. That sucks, man. He's a Columbus kid. Ended up going off and playing at Harvard for a while. Had some great years there while he was there. And then, you know, grad transferred in to play here at Ohio State and just never really got to play a full season and stay healthy enough to do that, which sucks because... We'll never know what he could have done, but uh, yeah, wish him well in his future endeavors too. That's just, that's too bad. Going back to uh, LeBron being on campus this weekend, you know, I know this was the biggest recruiting weekend of the year for Ryan Day and that coaching staff. Every every big time commit they were focusing on was at that game. I can't imagine. I know they're going to be given, you know, the red carpet treatment wherever they go, but you walk into that atmosphere on Saturday night, everybody is at this game. You're on the fence. Like, do I really want to come to Ohio State? Oh, there's LeBron. Oh, there's Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, there's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow transferred out of here and he's still here? Dude, Andre Iguodala was at this game. That's what I mean. Everybody was there. (laughs) Andre Iguodala didn't play here. Didn't, I mean, if you're a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old trying to figure out where you want to play football and you're staring at everyone in the sports world, how do you not say, I want to come to Ohio State? Sure. And and I think that's a huge reason why they had every recruit they possibly could. I'm, I'll tell you this, too. Like, they honored the women's hockey team, you know, uh, at midfield during this game to talk about the national championship, and that's great. I don't know if they're allowed to even recruit at this point, but whatever part of that you're allowed to do, I'm quite sure every team, the fencing team, like, everyone yeah, probably had their top recruits, their top recruits were like, you know what, you should come hang out here. This is what it's like at Ohio State. And I'm I'm guessing that was a big boon, not just for the basketball team, for everyone. I mean, I, that, that has to be a big deal, but also, I saw the women's basketball team took a picture with LeBron. Good. Right? Like, if you're a women's basketball player and you're thinking, where do I want to go to school? Sure, UConn's on your list. There's a few others. You might, you might get to hang out with LeBron. 
that's another thing that happens at Ohio State that doesn't happen a lot of other places. So that's kind of cool. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Taking a look at your roads right now, just a reminder that a flood watch does remain in effect until 11 p.m. Flash flooding caused by excessive rain could be possible. Please be extra cautious out there. Make sure to slow down accordingly for the conditions. This traffic report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has everything you need for school. Crayola 10-count markers and 12-count colored pencils are 99 cents each. Staples one-subject notebooks are 35 cents each. In-store only offer ends in the 10th, limit 30 and notebooks. This year, go forward to school with Staples, the working and learning store. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. These two probably should have stayed in their basements. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. I have some uh, tidbits for you. All right. Uh, First of all, a Johnny Manziel documentary is coming to Netflix. I don't want that. Well, you're, I mean, you're going to watch it. I don't need to watch it. You are no. going to watch it. No, why? Because I know you will. To... Why are you forcing me to watch I'm it? I'm not forcing you. I'm telling you. Yeah, you're probably you're right. You're going I'll watch to it. watch you're it. You're probably right. I'll watch it. I'll hate that I will watch it, but I probably will. But that's annoying. He's not producing this, is he? Oh. <laughs> he better not be. Why would he get the right to do that? If you want to tell his story and talk about how, you know, he had, he became like a phenomenon and, and was this you know, cult icon for a couple of years. That's fine. You want to talk about the story of him being this Heisman trophy winner. All that? Okay. But there's no way that he should be producing it. I would hope that whatever, whatever finances he does have, I would hope he's not throwing them all into this. That would not seem to be the best use of them. Um, and here is a Florio headline. One week from week one, Cam Newton remains available. Yes. And he will because he's terrible. Right, I don't... I'd what, rather have Johnny Manziel as my quarterback. Well, let, let's calm down. I'd rather have not, drunk get, and high, let's not get crazy. fresh from Vegas, Johnny Manziel is my quarterback. Let's not get crazy. Is he studying his playbook? That's what yes. I heard he was doing in Vegas. Matter. He was studying the playbook. Anyway, all I know is, uh, I don't know why Florio... Florio has this weird justice thing where... If he thinks it's an injustice, he won't shut up about it, which sometimes can be admirable, right? If there's like real things in the world that are bad where, I don't know, people are starving somewhere and you want to bring light to it. Great. Do that. That's awesome. He does this with like random football things that he thinks are more important and doesn't understand why no one's not talking about them, right? Like he feels like Cam Newton should have a job. Great. That's your opinion, Florio. Everyone who's paid for that in the NFL who, you know, actually has to go sign players to get them on the football field. Not like he's paid where he just gives his opinion. And that's that none of them seem to agree with Florio on this. Maybe let it go, dude, or, or maybe I'm wrong and maybe he'll get signed very soon. I'm trying to think if there's, we see this a lot, especially at the running back position where you can go from awesome to being terrible in one off season. Yeah. You lose that one little thing. 
that gets you outside the tackle box quicker than everybody else, you're done for some of these people. And so we see the running backs lose it quickly. We don't normally see quarterbacks go from awesome to terrible in the blink of an eye. But Cam Newton kind of has. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's been a quicker downfall for him than it has been with a lot of other players, right? But then again, there's just something with Cam Newton that whenever it whenever it wasn't going right for him, it went poorly quickly. You know, if if he was not on in a certain day, it could really get out of hand. So I think he's always had a little bit of that capacity to <laughs> to flame out, but in no way, shape, or form am I diminishing his career. He had a great career in the NFL. He had a great career, but he's not that old. It ended very quickly. Yeah. In terms of just going off the rails. And you can't tell me that him just taking those huge shots, well, fair or unfair, didn't didn't contribute to what you're seeing now. I, I don't think that's unfair either, right? And I'm not saying that's his fault. I, I'm not saying that either. He's one who's often he's, brought up the he fact said that it he was many, refereed differently. Right, many, many years he said, well, this guy gets a flag for this hit. I don't get a flag. Someone just hit me in my helmet. Why? Because I'm a running threat? Because I'm bigger? Yeah. I, I never thought that should matter. I thought it should be about, was the play dangerous in the grand scheme of what you call for everyone? And if you call it for every other quarterback out there, you should call it for him. All right, rundown. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. Buckeyes beat Notre Dame 21-10 to on Saturday. Uh, I said this back in the 3 o'clock hour. How you look at this game, I think, sort of relates to how you look at Notre Dame. If you look at Notre Dame and say, I think Notre Dame's really good, well, then I think you look at this performance and say, eh, it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world, but... Top five team comes in, first game of the season, one of your dynamic players and Jackson Smith and Jigba goes out with an injury, and you still eke out an 11-point victory. Wasn't pretty, but you got it done against a really good team. Then I think you feel good about what you saw on Saturday night. If you look at Notre Dame and say, I think they're trash, and I think they're overrated, not very good, well, then perhaps there are some more concerns here. I think there are a lot of positives. I think the, the defense played much better that was the best even with that bad first drive and it still amounted to only three points right it was yeah. really one bad play it was one bad play that went for 50 plus yards with a 15 yard penalty tacked on it but that first quarter of defense was the best quarter of defense that buckeye team has played in two years well i mean even with that big play no but they they've and then it, it went from there, I felt like. I thought they played great defensively for, throughout the game. I mean, I enjoyed seeing, like, not just guys getting in the backfield and making it tough on, uh, what was his name, Tyler Buckner, their quarterback? Yes. Like, not just that, but also when they got there, they arrived with some level of disdain for the guy they were about to hit. <laughs> like, they showed up with a little bit of nastiness. and I. But it wasn't stupid. They weren't taking stupid no, penalties. They, no, who is I'm trying to remember the guy's name who for uh, Notre Dame the transfer from Northwestern their defensive back who, I know, I know who, who hit Jackson about. Smith and Jigba and he was all over the place he had a good game but like that guy when he when he would show up to the play he made you hurt like he was going to come and hit you hard and I think that's some of that nastiness has been missing from this defense I felt like we saw some of that this weekend I feel like that's a thing that Ohio State can build on. and if you listen to all their post game com- comments whether it's Ryan Day or I mean, CJ Stroud was talking about, everybody was talking about 
People doubted us. People thought we weren't tough. People thought we didn't have it in us. Well, now look at what are you going to say now? Like there is in this program, there is this thought that the outside world viewed them as soft, not talented, not as good as advertised, overrated. So they felt like they were going out to try to disprove some of that in this first game. And hopefully they continue to build off of that feeling and try to keep disproving that. But defensively, I thought this team had a better attitude and played a lot better than what I was expecting. So that's good. Now they need to build off it with hopefully when they see some better offenses. I don't think Notre Dame's offense is a top 10 offense. No. I don't think it's going to be. No, they're not good. So you've got to continue to build and grow if you want to be a top 10 defense. But they can only play who's in front of them, and they held that team to 10 points. I think that's a solid job by them. They held that team to 10 points. You had guys in the backfield making plays. I want to say there was six or seven tackles for loss on the game. You Tommy brought up, I, I was going to say you brought up Mike Tommy. Hall was good. You yeah. know, we, we wondered what that linebacker position was going to look like. And Look, that Notre Dame offense is not very good, but I said this on Friday. Tyler Buckner came in the games last year and made plays with his legs. Yeah. He had really no chance to do any of that on right. Saturday night. Exactly right. You know, and when he did, they they put some pretty good licks on him. Yeah, I'm, he I'm felt saying it. they they played like a team that that definitely was ready for a fight defensively, and I like to see that. Now, offensively, we talked a lot about this earlier in the show, but this is a this is a performance that if you just said <laughs> so, week before Michigan, and this is what you've got, I'd be a little worried, right? Yeah. yeah. You're starting off the season, first game, there's always going to be some jitters, some nerves, some things that don't go right. Then you have injuries, and you're replacing two first-round picks at wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba getting injured during the game didn't help. Julian Fleming being out for this game didn't help. These are concerns that, yeah, if you lose that amount of wide receiver talent, you're going to have to rely on someone who didn't always get a chance to step up. And so what happens, right? Xavier Johnson steps up and goes out and gets a touchdown, a former walk-on. That was a nice moment. That was good to see. Mayan Williams had a hell of a drive to help close this game out at running back where he looked like at one point he kind of got dinged up on a play at the goal line and looked over to the sideline and he was like, no, don't. I'm good. I'm staying in. And then Travion Anderson was like, oh, okay, never mind, and gave him the signal for the next play. And then I think that was the one they scored the touchdown on. This offense, I think, won in a different way than we were expecting. That bodes well down the road, but we do need to see it be better with the things they're supposed to be good at, which is, you know, the passing game. That still needs to improve. Yeah, I think uh, there were some troubling things in the first half, and maybe a lot of it can be explained away because, like you said, Jackson Smith and Jigba wasn't there, and that throws people off. And yes, it is the first game of the season, but it is a big game. If C.J. Stroud wants to win the Heisman Trophy, he has to come up big in big games. And it was another situation where in the first half, he was very slow to start. Last year, that bit the Buckeyes in the ass because their defense wasn't good enough to hold the opposition down. You didn't have that problem on Saturday, so you could get back into it in the second half, start running the football. But in the first half, we saw another very pass-heavy play call. Short yardage situations they didn't take advantage of. C.J. Stroud not making plays with his legs when given given the opportunity and the space in front of him. I'm not saying you have to have designed runs for C.J. Stroud, but we didn't see any of that in the first half. And I hope this is not a pattern. Let's see the next couple of games. Who the hell cares? It's Arkansas State and it's Toledo. You'll win both those games by 40 points. But when Wisconsin comes to town. You're going to have to put together a little bit of a better offensive performance consistently if you want to win these games. Yeah, I tend to think so as well. Overall, first effort, big environment. 
I'll say Notre Dame's clearly, a, I think, still a top 10 or top, let's say, 25 team. Maybe they end up being a top 15 team by the time it's all said and done. I don't know what the future holds for them, but I do think this Buckeye team showed initially didn't look like they planned for it. They faced some adversity and they overcame it. That's a good sign. That's how you win championships is if you can see something that isn't going your way and find a way out of it and still get a victory against a decent team. Hopefully the next couple of weeks they can fine tune and get the things going the way they want to with the passing game and some of those other points that weren't quite clicking yet. I tend to think the offense will will be there. I think the one takeaway that I'll I'll, you know, take away for lack of a better term from this game is like you mentioned the toughness on defense. And I hope that attitude sticks around and we see more of it. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. Who's the most overrated team in college football? We will tell you. Coming up next, Common Man and T-Bone on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for right now. You'll find traffic is backed up on Route 315 southbound between Kinnear Road and 670. Plan on some delays. And I-71 northbound between I-70 and Spring Street. Traffic is slow there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Your burrito prayers have been answered. Taco Bell's double steak grilled cheese burrito is back with that juicy steak smothered in nacho cheese and a free cheese blend that's grilled on top. And participating U.S. Taco Bell stores for a limited time only. Hours and participation vary. Double the steak claim as compared to the steak quesadilla. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If Biggie Size was a radio show, this would be it. This is is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. It's Labor Day. We're here on Reaction Monday. Jason's Beef with our guy Jason Stark coming up at 534. We will talk about the Guardians pooing on themselves Mm. this weekend. Not good. Uh, Good news. The Twins are playing the Yankees and they will lose as they did today. So the Guardians have a half-game lead in first place in the Central. Uh, BetOnline.ag recently completed a social media study that tracked overrated tweets for every team in the preseason AP Top 25. For example, if you tweet, Alabama is overrated, or tweets about Alabama that contain a hashtag such as hashtag overrated, uh, they were included in this. All right? All right. So based on teams ranked in the top 25, who do you think got the most overrated tweets? I mean, I would assume it's a team that's ranked high, that has a lot of people that don't like them, Mm -hmm. that probably has had some up and down years recently or maybe over time. So here's the candidates I would see. Uh, Clemson, Meat Chicken, Notre Dame. Those would be like three that would pop to mind instantly. All right, well, that is the top three. Oh. Uh, Notre Dame is the runaway winner with 4,456 tweets that contain the term overrated. Runaway, because okay. Clemson's in second place with just over 2,800. So Notre Dame doubled them up. Yeah. Uh, right. Michigan is in third place, 2,458 mentions. Then it's Georgia, Michigan State, Utah, 
which proved to be true. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M, Pitt, Miami, and then Ohio State comes in after that. Well, and it wouldn't have surprised me if Ohio State was in the top five, just because if you're a big-time team and you're a very well-known yeah, brand they're the number football, two team in the country. Yeah, and you're so. ranked in the top five. There's going to be people who are like, ah, I hate Ohio State. They suck. I'm sure there's people who said that about almost anyone Except probably like Bama probably is on this list somewhere. Probably not the top. They weren't in the top 10. I don't think that you mentioned, but yeah, uh, I Alabama mean, Alabama was, uh, and it was Oregon after Ohio state, USC, then Alabama. Okay. It, it, it makes sense though, that the bigger name programs by and large were who are represented there. Kind of weird, but not wrong that Utah was there, right? Like just yeah, not I, what I'm saying is because social media typically, and, and just the dialogue in general Utah getting up there, usually people are like, oh, Utah, yeah, I want to believe they're good. Because I think largely people want to believe in the underdog. They want to believe in the team that doesn't always get picked to be up that high. That's a lot different than, say, the teams that are always said to be good. There tends to be a lot more backlash towards those teams, I would think. But that means people really thought Utah was overrated, and they were apparently right. It it seems like after one week. By the way, we were talking about... uh Michigan in their schedule and yeah. how they just played Colorado State. Terrible. Yep. They have Hawaii coming in. Terrible. Yeah. They should win that game by 40 points. Then it's UConn after that. If you want to know how bad UConn is, UConn lost their first game of the season to Utah State. Yes. Did you see what Alabama did yes, to I, Utah State? I did see that. I mean, it was, look, man. They were expected to do that. They were expected to go out and kill them. But it was it was a total dismantling. There was not a mistake. There was Bryce Young looked like he woke up from a nap and went out there and threw five touchdown passes. Oh, well, unfortunately for again, I'm not saying this is the only thing you should be concerned about, but for people who down the road say, "Wait a second, why isn't CJ Stroud? Let's say he has some good games." He had an okay game. I'm not saying he had a bad game, but you get what I mean, right? Let's say he has some he Heisman fine. level right performances. People are going to say, why isn't he getting more buzz about him to win the Heisman if that happens down the road? Well, you start off like Bryce Young did with already what should be the, the lead because you're the defending champion. Mm-hmm. You're the guy holding the award currently. I mean, this isn't, it's not a storyline I want to touch too much right now. I don't want to get too worked up about it, but there's a real chance you're looking at not the only first time or two time Heisman Trophy winner residing in Columbus, Ohio after this season. There's there's a little bit of that that has to happen this year too. So hopefully CJ and and the offense in general can get to a point where it makes sense that he can win the Heisman or someone else other than Bryce Young. I do not want to see him win, but right now he's your clear front runner. Can we start talking about Alabama and Texas now, or is that still rat poison? I mean, it is. No, as soon as the game's over, hey man, right after, because I I took what Nick Saban said to heart, so right after Ohio State got zeros on the scoreboard against Notre Dame, I said, hey, it's Arkansas State week, let's keep it focused. Don't lose focus, Mike, that's what I learned from Nick Saban. So now once it's zeros, then you can go right into it's Texas I just wonder, in the post-game press conference for Utah State, could you ask coach about texas or would that be disrespectful i'm sure it was more like you've got to talk about what happened on the field today all right well let's talk about what you did you scored 55 points they scored nothing yeah your entire team could have been on heroin and still won this game by 55 points so can we talk about texas now yeah i i think that would have been fair to do by the way did you see some of the quotes that sarkeesian had about this he's (laughs) 
he said something and I'm, I'm trying not to i'm trying not to get this wrong but i'll basically summarize what he said is i'm trying to get to the championship game for the big 12 december 3rd is what he said i'm trying to get to december 3rd so this game has nothing to do with that goal and then went on to say, like, you know, but we're still going to win and, and try to win and do all that stuff we the need to Al- do. Playing Alabama has nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, it has nothing to do with getting to the Big 12 title game because all you have to do is beat all the teams in the Big 12 oh, and you okay. go to the Big 12 title game. All right, okay. So, I mean, again, that's that's his narrative coming out. I love how he's already like, hey, this game, quite honestly, it, it practically doesn't even matter. And then Nick Saban, on the other hand, is like, don't you not talk about Utah State. That's important. Can someone actually, can they now focus on this game, actually? Because it would seem like now's the time to do that. I did watch a, a little bit of the Texas UL Monroe. I didn't watch oh, the yeah. game live. I watched you it watched this morning. Highlights I watched some highlights okay. just just to see what Quinn Ewers was doing. Yeah, because I didn't hear anything about it. He was sixteen of twenty four, two twenty five, two touchdowns, one pick, and they put fifty two points up on the board. And Hudson Card did come in and play a little bit in the second half, but it was pretty much all Quinn Ewers in this game. He looked good. Okay, he looked fine. I mean, again, this is a guy though with his first extended playing time in college football. I understand it's against a lesser opponent, but that's got to be a big situation for anybody. Well, I I know that he's been preparing for this for a long time. He is excited to get out there and show what he can do. But week one, you play basically scrubs. Week two, you play Alabama. Welcome to college football, Quinn yeah. Ewers. That's a that's a tough. I mean, I'm not saying that. If he doesn't go out and beat Alabama, clearly that's not the expectation. You know that it's going to be tough duty. Try anybody to go out and beat Alabama's tough duty, right? If he doesn't get it done, there's no need to like rip him and say, "Oh, there you go, he no, sucks." No, but unlike Sark, you know, maybe Sark feels comfortable saying, I, "I don't have to beat Alabama to win the Big 12 because Sark knows he's going to be on this team next year." Yeah, right. Right. It's his first year on the job. Quinn Ewers has one year to prove himself. Right, and, and if I'm he saying- doesn't, he gone. Well, and stupidly, I think for some people at Texas, not I'm, I'm not saying this is the majority of Texas fans, but you know there will be some people, if he doesn't have a great game or if he throws like three picks or something that a freshman would do, right? If that happens, he's going to then get a lot of people who say, yep, yeah, see, I knew that was the wrong pick. We got to go with this other guy. We got to move on to this guy because they're going to want him to immediately show that Texas is back. And sure, that'd be storybook if he goes out there and beats Alabama and Texas suddenly gets all this hype and he's, you know, then he jumps into a Heisman conversation. That's not likely to happen. What's likely to happen is they're going to lose to Alabama and you're hoping that he can play. If you're a Texas fan, Quinn Ewers can play well enough to justify keeping the job and he can grow from there, not lose his confidence and then see what it is by the end of the year. But yeah, I'm, (laughs) I can't imagine the pressure cooker that would be for any quarterback wading into that mess. Were they playing that game? Are they playing that game in Austin, Alabama? I can't imagine they are. Is that not an, either a neutral no, they are. site? No, it's they're in, playing it's in, in Austin. Austin. Yeah, because remember, they're all pissed off that it's the big noon game. Oh, and that's right. It's in Austin, it's so it'll be, be very hot. hot. That's yes. right. I forgot. But it's at home. Okay. I mean, if, if you're ever going to knock off Alabama, it would be that situation, right? <laughs> that would be it in the heat. But again, I love how an SEC team gets out of, hey, we're going on the road to a team that's joining the SEC and is also either way still in the South. I wish they would once go to the north. The current line on that game is Alabama by 20. Let them live. All right. Alabama's good. I mean, Uh, I hate hate to say it. Well, they are really good. This just in. Bama's good. Georgia's good. Yeah. And then you hope that Ohio State's good. We think Ohio State's good, good, but who the hell knows? Jason's beef is up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. 
Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An accident to watch out for. You'll find a crash on South High Street. That's US 23 northbound at Rathnell Road. Please be very careful over here as traffic begins to build. Plan about a 20-minute slowdown as things begin to clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Vision Zero. Nearly a quarter of Ohio's fatal crashes involve a driver under 25. Join Vision Zero Columbus and help reduce fatal crashes on Columbus streets because everyone deserves to make it where they're going. Drive safe, walk safe, bike safe. Learn more at columbus.gov slash vision zero. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. He likes baseball. He likes solar eclipses. He likes Shohei Otani. But he loves roast beef sandwiches. It's time for Jason's Beef with everyone's favorite baseball writer, podcaster, author, and former mustache owner, Jason Stark. Jason's Beef comes to us on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Happy Labor Day, my friend. Hey, happy Labor Day to you, too. What better way to celebrate Labor Day than by laboring? I can I hear you <laughs> gritting your teeth. What were the big plans today? <laughs> you know, we, we've actually had a big family weekend, so today's pretty mellow. We don't have much going on. What are you guys doing? I'm, oh, you're working in the radio. That's right. That's right. That's what we're doing. I, did your wife make some good food this weekend? <laughs> we're we're going to grill as soon as I'm done with you. What are you grilling? Nice. We're grilling some uh, chicken today, a little... Uh, I think we're just we're trying to decide lemon chicken or pesto chicken. What would you vote for? I'm a lemon chicken fan myself, but that may end up with a split what, decision what here. What part of the chicken are you cooking? That may sway me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, doing, if you're doing thighs or something like that, like I love a good pesto rub on a thigh or a, or, or a drumstick. <laughs> okay. We're going into way more detail than your audience really cares what about. Do you, what do you like? You like a bon- nice juicy thigh? Chicken breasts. Boneless. Then I'd go lemon. Yeah, and my instincts okay. were right. I feel good. I'll pass that along. <laughs> like I, just so you know, my opinion doesn't matter. So there's a good chance your opinion what wouldn't matter. Okay, but I'll pass that's it along. fair. Yeah. Uh, Guardians have lost five games in a row. Um, they're now a half game up on the Twins because the Twins lost today. When you watch this Guardian team right now, Jason, what do you? Other than the fact that they're just not scoring runs. I mean, is that is it as simple as that? They're just not hitting the, the baseball. Uh, before we go into this, how about that game yesterday? I, I, I know it was ugly, but at least it zipped along nicely, right? Eight, eight hours and 20 minutes to lose that game. That's beautiful. That's what we want. Yeah, it's baseball. I've been, <laughs> I've been told we, that's what we need. We, we need eight hour and 20 minute getaway yes. day losses? Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten that memo, but good to know. All right, anyway, uh, in answer to your question, um, I have a friend who works in baseball, and he has an expression that I always think of at times like this. And here's the way the expression goes. You can't fool the season. It's too long. If you have some fatal flaw, it always shows up as you try to slog your way through the marathon. And I, I, for the Guardians, I think some stuff is showing up. Um, you know, I know from talking to the other teams in that division, they think the Guardians have been the healthiest team among those three contenders. And so 
when you lose two starting pitchers on one trip through the rotation, it has a ripple effect. Uh, I think you saw the ripple effect take its toll on the best part of that team, which is the bullpen. And I think there'll be more ripple effects tonight because I don't know who's going to pitch if they should happen to get a lead. And the other part is what you referred to, the offense. And you know, watching those games, it really struck me again how hard it can be to score when you never make a home run trot. If the only way you score is by getting big hits in big spots, it's just so hard to do it that way. And so those five games, one home run, three for 37 with runners in scoring position, it doesn't sound like a real good formula to, to increase your lead in the division. Um, so let's talk about one of your favorite ball players, Albert Pujols, Jason Blast, career home run number 695. But he's not totally doing this in games where it's just mop-up duty or, oh, isn't it nice the old guy's getting a couple swings and He's getting big hits for this Cardinals team that is needing them in the moments. He pinch hit yesterday to get this home run that helped them get the victory. I mean, can someone tell Albert Pujols he's not supposed to be doing this? We all thought he was about done, and now suddenly he's <laughs> rejuvenated himself this summer. What I know we've talked about him before, but how do you quantify what he's doing right now? I, I know, man. You know, like this was not the plan. He was supposed to be just a, basically a platoon player against left-handed pitching, but he's become such an important player that they, they're, they're running him out there, not every day, but a lot more than they expected. And I, I, you know, I wrote about this in my most recent column. It's incredible to think that who had the highest OPS in Major League Baseball in August? Albert Pujols, who had the highest slugging percentage in Major League Baseball in August. Albert Pujols. That really happened in, in the real world. And, and the other thing is, he's, he's got a slugging percentage against left-handed pitchers that's 100 points higher than Aaron Judge, the guy who's going to have this historic 60-whatever home run season. I mean, you really have to take a step back and try to comprehend this because we really, other than Barry Bonds, under circumstances that we shouldn't get into here, nobody Albert's age has ever done what he's doing. Jason's beef with our guy Jason Stark here on The Fan. I want to piggyback off of that because, you know, we got three hours to fill every single day, Jason, so sometimes we like to play the what-if game. You know, what if this happened and this, and we like to look at the domino effect. What if Albert Pujols never went to Anaheim and he stayed in St. Louis his entire career. I mean, as he's got 700 home runs or he's going to have 700 home runs. So clearly his career has worked out for him. But what do you think he would be if he never left? Because clearly there's some magic in that city. He puts on that <laughs> uniform. He's a, he's a different guy. Or do you think he would have had the same injury concerns and would have been inconsistent the same way he was with the angels? Or do you think his career would have been that much better if he stayed in St. Louis? Uh, boy, that's a really interesting question. I almost wrote a what-if book. I'll, I'll add this to the chapter list. And I don't know how you could you could think that Albert wasn't going to have the plantar fasciitis stuff that just destroyed his ability to, to have that foundation, that lower half that enabled him to hit for any kind of power. Um, doesn't that have to happen in Anaheim or St. Louis or uh, 
Korea or wherever he was playing. You I, dip your you dip your injured foot in the mighty Mississippi, <laughs> and it just it clears up <laughs> I mean, automatically. I, guess, I mean, I guess so. Like several Cardinals have gotten hurt in the last decade. <laughs> I remember Al, they had Alan Craig replace him, and then he he, he blew out of his heel, and he couldn't move. So I, I, I let's just go with it and say he would have just kept on going and hit. 850 homers, and he would have been the greatest player of all time. Like, that's what you want me to say, so I'll say that. Uh, so this is a, a sad story for White Sox manager Tony La Russa. He is now out indefinitely with an unspecified medical issue. I say sad, obviously, for him. We hope that he's well, whatever that medical issue is. In the baseball-only sense, though, this is something that adds a definite twist to that team's story this year, where now he is not currently going to be managing for you know, until he is able to come back, Miguel Cairo steps in, and now you are in the midst of this battle to try to, you know, do something with this season. I mean, have we seen the last of Tony La Russa managing this team, do you think? Or, you know, how do you think this all plays out? Tipa, I'm not really sure how to answer this. Um, they're not saying anything about it on or off the record. Um, you have to think that it's potentially serious for him to walk away from his team minutes before a game starts and next thing you know he's back in Arizona for these tests so I, I look as human beings we hope he's okay um, but I know there were two prongs to your question one of them was the baseball prong I, I don't know if his health will allow him to return this year because we don't know what this is what it what it might do is create um, an opening I guess for them to figure out a way you know, because logically, it doesn't make sense that he would be back. No team has gotten less out of its talent level than his team. Um, but I, I, I know we've said this before. The baseball people didn't hire him. The owner hired him. So I, I have a hard time seeing Jerry Reinsdorf firing him. I can see Jerry Reinsdorf having a conversation with Tony that goes something like, Tony, it's been great having you back, but you need to take care of your health. So I think the best way for all of us to go is you stay on as a special advisor to me uh, and Rick Hahn, and we'll have someone else manage the team. Doesn't that sound like an exit ramp scenario to you? Yeah, it does. Uh, but, you know, Reinsdorf has surprised me so many times over right. the years. And I, I I wouldn't put money on him not being back. You know, I, I uh, do I do think this is a nice little audition for Miguel Cairo, don't you? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to go on, but if they go from dead in the water to somehow stealing the division with Miguel Cairo managing, <laughs> like that, it's a good way to get yourself on the radar screen, that's for sure. Jason, we appreciate it. Enjoy the lemon chicken. We'll talk next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Jason's beef. Except he's cooking chicken. He's Jason's chicken on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. What's next? Oh, the show's over. I was going to call it Labor Day Lemon Chicken and put it in a recipe book, but maybe not. Maybe we'll just leave leave that there. Back page is next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident. Still causing some slowdowns on South High Street. That's US 23 Northbound at Rathnell Road. Plan about a 20-minute slowdown as the road continues to clear. Caution is advised here as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Ohio Laborers and Ohio Lesset. This Labor Day, Ohio Laborers, Lesset, and Panera Bread would like to pay tribute to their over 15,000 members and say thank you for all their hard work and dedication, making Ohio a great place to live, work, and thrive. Build Ohio right. Build it union. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hole. Hello, Timmy. Oh, you guys, Bone Man. A lot of people milling around here in the building today. Yeah? Lots no. of people. I was Nobody. Say, who, Empty. Who did you see? Because I saw no one. I see I see you guys. Yeah. I, I see saw Panama. That. Well, Paul was here. He's left. Spoogie King is here. Who the hell is Who's, What? <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? That's my new name for Adam King. Oh, okay. He's okay. here, getting ready to do ten. Good TV. for him. All right. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, he's got a. Don't ask know, why. Everybody's working. Don't ask why. Everybody's uh, TV still has to put on TV. We still have to put on radio. Mm-hmm. Is anyone paying attention to any of it? Probably not. But hey, we're here, so that's good. We probably got some good listenership today. I hope so. Monday after the first game, how was your football weekend, Timmy? Football weekend was good. Did the first post game show of the fourth season with Beam. So here at one o'clock oh, in the morning, working? kind of fun. <laughs> what, there's there's a suggestive tone behind that. Well, Beam manages. You don't see, you don't see Beam anymore, right? He, well, he, he got Bone like does. He does sixty PTO days in his. I see calendar. Beam all the time. We do a podcast every week. I see him often. You do have to admit, Beam gets. Three, he gets Dom to Barry vacation. He gets three to every one that everybody else gets. I don't know how he managed that, but he does. He gets more vacation time than it's anybody like here. It's like Michigan. I know they play road games, but yet every time I look at them, they're, they're at, at home. home. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think they, Michigan is playing a road game this non-conference. Well, that's fine. Neither is, Ohio State's not playing. What do we have, eight home games, I think, all year? So, like, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, all, we're all playing that schedule. That's I think, good. I think we did this, though. When was Michigan's, when is their first true road game? Oh, I think you're right. No, yeah, because we, we were... It seems like they don't play one until late October or now something. Now I gotta look at this. And what do they have, Hawaii and UConn to round out their yeah. star-studded yes. non-conference schedule? That's right. Wow. Uh, Michigan will go on the road. Their first road game is October 1st at Iowa. Okay. How about Iowa? (laughs) Needing two safeties in the second half to beat South Dakota State. I I I mean, technically, they didn't need it to beat them. They could have just tied on the field goal and gone overtime and seen what happened. Well, then they would have eventually gotten to two-point conversions anyway. (laughs) Different kinds of safeties. (laughs) They could have won won 5-3. Yeah. Like the baseball school, they really are. Oh, man, That's I, right. no, I can't. We'll have the college football poll segment at 7, so when we get done wrapping up Ohio State and Notre Dame today, we'll get lots of full thoughts out on that. Tyvis will be here. I can't wait to hit on some of these other games. There were, tried to do a ranker of the wildest finishes, and then last night comes along, and you have the 99-yard drive. and the, That was ridiculous. I think Bill Rabinowitz, who covers the Buckeyes here, just called that. 
He just oh, put, really? put that out there. He's like, the only way this game could end is this guy misses the extra point. Yeah, that's right. And it happened. And it, did. <laughs> and it, and it happened. <laughs> Who's hosting with you tonight? Tyvis? Tyvis. Tyvis Powell, Timmy Hole, Buckeye Show, top of the hour right here on The Fan. Back page. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, I saw this story about uh, Giselle Bunchen. you know, uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's Giselle, wife. obviously, right? They're together as long as we know for now, as far as we know. But I saw this article about her talking about her time with Leonardo DiCaprio because she was one of many starlets who at one time dated Leo. Mm-hmm. And Must she's, be nice. She said that during that relationship, she hit rock bottom. And I want to explain to you what to her rock bottom is. She said, oh, yeah, it was terrible. I was living on Frappuccinos with whipped cream, three <laughs> cigarettes, and a bottle of wine every day. It's like, I I mean, that doesn't sound like rock bottom. Like, when you say that in Hollywood, I think of many worse things. But sure, she said at that time she did not feel like she was herself. She did not like who she had become. So she that relationship ended. She then got off her, quote-unquote, toxic habits, as she called them. So and she blames Leo. Leo, I guess by the way, bit, yeah. Leo does forced not her to the frappes. <laughs> no, he does not care. I just like how frappes made it in there. The frappuccino is what got you. Maybe, maybe it's maybe we should all quit him. I don't know. Forced to the frappes. Yeah. Uh, and also, I I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think we need to see Eminem on Broadway because Eminem has won an Emmy after from the creative arts people. They gave him a creative arts Emmy for his Super Bowl performance in that halftime show they did. That won an Emmy. So he now has that. He has an Oscar as well for compositions he's I made for he movies. Has a Grammy, and he right? has a Grammy Award. He needs a Tony Award? He doesn't have the, the Tony Award, but he is an ego. He is one hmm. T away from the EGOT wow. and joining the likes of like a John Legend, who's I think got all those. That could be Eminem next. So we've got to get him on Broadway doing something. And then he's got to win a Tony right. Award. I mean, I mean, well, basically, he he wouldn't even have to perform on Broadway. He could just no. You're write. right. He R- could he could write, write a Broadway correct, musical. He could write. Sure, he could do that and then win a Tony that way. But either, either way, I'd like to is, see him act on Broadway. Anyway, I would love to see that. I think that'd be very interesting. I think if they made like a Broadway play about some of his earlier material that was just so wild and crazy and out there that might be an interesting broadway musical i don't know if it would be like one you could bring the kids to but that's okay they have shows like that there you, you go. shouldn't have taken the kids to see book of mormon you know no, probably by the south park dudes there you go good call buckeye shows coming up next then we have i think football after that yeah we should have clemson, clemson. and georgia tech we yeah. do and then what's after the football game after that little thing called you'll see We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Meister's Bar and Pizza Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some delays to watch out for. You'll find traffic is still backed up on I-71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. Should be clearing up pretty soon. And more delays expected on 71 northbound between I-70 and Spring Street. This traffic report is sponsored by InvisibleFence.com. Invisible Fence brand's mission is to keep pets happy and safe with their forever families. Their exclusive technologies make their containment systems the most advanced on the market, giving your pet freedom to enjoy their yard and you confidence in their safety. Visit InvisibleFence.com to schedule your free consultation. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. 
Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit LindsayHonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus, The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.